Hello, this is Top Notch Nonsense, and our episode today is uh, talking is talking about two uh, uh, two uh, comedies from the nineties. Would you say that? Yes, I would. The Firth's Wives Club and Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. I did not like the First Wives Club. Yes, We're I'm gonna sorry. talk I about did, it. I didn't realize you were gonna hate it so much. I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I. I wouldn't say hated. I just was. I was uh, fairly bored, Miranda. I'm sorry. That's okay. Now I I I that it's it's about w- women taking it for themselves, or you know, or getting back and you know giving their husbands the what's what. You know, making them feel small, and some of them are doing disgusting things, like you know, having one of them's having sex with a teenager, which is another fucking disgusting thing that keeps on happening. But uh, I, I, I thought it was fine. It was just exhausting. I really, I didn't. I got the point of the. Why did you? Pick, oh, yeah, we picked this movie. It was directed by Hugh Wilson, who. Um, didn't really do all that many, uh, all that much other stuff. She did like TV, uh, the TV series said WKRP in Cincinnati and Frank's Place, and you know, directed a uh, a police academy, and uh, yeah, and this is a stacked cast. I really like the cast, but I yeah, and I, I really you would like it just for that reason. I I liked the, I liked a lot of it. It just it some of it, it just this. I, I just felt like uh, the story just it just was not told all that well, uh, told as well as I wanted it uh, wanted it to be. Uh, we have Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, Diane Keaton, Maggie Smith, Dan Hyetta. You know we have Marsha Gay Harden playing a very uh, a very uh, different role as the other as another woman. Usually she's not. Uh, this is before she was typecast as you know someone who is uh, wise you know, or someone with a lot of heft. It, it, it was interesting to see Marsha Gay Harden play a completely different role. I I liked it enough. It's just enough of it annoyed me that I couldn't really. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's an Amer- It's an American. Co- uh, also has Victor Garber playing the dis- uh, playing the guy who's kind of disgusting and uh, having might be having sex with the uh, is having sex with a teen who's played by Elizabeth Berkeley and uh, and we also have Sarah Jessica Parker is also in this which is she's really wonderful I like seeing Ed Koch and Gloria Steinem and Ivanka Ivana uh, Trump is also in this movie and uh, yeah let's let's uh, let's start uh, let's start what did, we start in like 19. 19- Stop, Michael. What other movies could we see the month this movie came out? Okay, all right. I was going to do that. I just wanted to... All right. Uh, In September of 1996, it made made $181 million on a budget of $26 million. So it made a ton of fucking money. But what else you could see during September of 1996 uh, is... um, Movies like uh, Bogus Ugh. with uh, Gerard Depardieu. I just I I don't know anything about that movie. I think he plays some kids like a uh, uh, imaginary friend or something. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. Uh, freaking 
Maximum Risk, probably one of the best Van Damme performances of the 1990s. Uh, American Buffalo, one of my, probably my favorite David, my probably my second favorite David, David Mamet play, uh, was turned into a movie with, uh, with Dustin Hoffman. You also have Feeling Minnesota with Keanu Reeves and Cameron Diaz. You have uh, Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis, probably the worst movie he ever put out in the 90s. Um, she Cried No, Two Mothers for Zachary, Two Days in the Valley you could also see. There's also a movie called The Sun Chaser with Woody Harrelson that I've never fucking heard of. There's Extreme Mem- Measures with Chris O'Donnell and and uh, Gene Hackman and, you know, Vampirella and uh, the movie called Curdled. So... Oh, we should do that for the pod. I'm going to put that on the list. That's the fucked up movie. I like that. I've heard a lot about that movie. I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen it in many, many moons. You know, so you have, you know, you have things, movies called also a movie from, uh, oh yeah. So those were the movies that you could see in September of 1996 instead of of the first Wives Club. And I... Oh, yeah, and also Mother May I Sleep with Danger, oh, the original, shit. came out in uh, in September of 1996. So that's certainly something. I, I like I like this movie enough. I just thought that it had more... I, I Maybe I was expecting more surprises than when, what I no, was delivering. No, it was pretty paint-by-numbers. It was pretty fucking basic. And I'm fine with basic. I just... I Maybe, it, maybe it's because I... I just maybe I was expecting too much, but uh, we start uh, they we start in like 1969 at, at their at their college, just graduating from college. Yes, and uh, they got again. You said this when we were watching it, but they per- picked perfect actors to portray. Yeah, it's really really good good casting and um, also impressions. Of the older actresses. Yeah, it's really well put together. They I was uh, playing them at you know twenty two. Yeah, they, you know, Bette Midler, uh, the one yes. who play, looks like who's gonna turn out to be played by Bette Midler, or Midler really does look like Bette Midler. There, uh, all of the um, we see that, uh, and it's a whole big thing. They're graduating. They're happy. They like they feel that togetherness. They feel that camaraderie. They're t- you know, it's just wonderful, and um, it's like a ca- uh, they're capturing a a perfect moment in time before they start the rest of their uh, be, start the rest of their lives. And we, we can all uh, we can and all the characters are pretty well defined. One one of them we know is gonna, uh, uh, but not as yeah. They're well defined in the way they look, and enough, uh, not as much. Personality-wise, we learn about their personalities more thirty years later. But yeah, uh, but yeah, they do a whole they do a whole uh, toast and a group photo. And, and uh, yes, um, I believe it's um, the Cynthia character um, gives all of them a set of pearls. Oh, yeah. as graduation gifts, which, which is, is nice, which is very like up, an upper crust white. Yeah, gradu- waspy yeah. shit, baby. Very wasp. Well. Well, the Brenda character is Jewish. Oh, okay. But uh, wasp adjacent. Wasp adjacent, yes. Yeah. Very Wha- uh, white upper, people upper with money. Side, yeah. Type of um, graduation present. Yeah, which is 
understand. Oh, wow, thank you. Okay, good. And you know, but it's uh, you can you can see that they're real friends and they actually you know uh, have bo- uh, they're bonded. And, uh, it's a, it's a big, it's a bit of a cut, you know, we go straight to, you know. Yeah, so we, we cut from that happy pre-grad moment to the stock, um, the Cynthia, played by Stalker Channing, you know, 30 years later, um, is That's... kind of <laughs> literally clutching her pearls. Yeah. Um, and she's thinking about, you know, how good the times were back then, and we see that, um, her ex-husband, ex-husband's wedding announcement is in the paper, probably the Times, because that's where, isn't that where all the uh, wedding announcements are? Yeah, either that or New York Magazine, or New York Times Magazine. And she's, and she's very sad. She gives the pearls to the cleaning lady as a, I guess, a bonus. Yeah. And we see that she is in a penthouse right off of Central Park. Yeah, on the Upper East Side. Yes. Really, really nice. Yes, really lovely area, great view. Um, and she really wants to see the view, so she stands on the ledge. Yeah, and uh, it, she looks tired. She looks spent. She's yeah. smoking her cigarette. She's pretty much, like, unhappy with where her had life... Had it with could, life. Had it with life. And, uh, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it, it's it, and she sends notes to, or she eventually. But yeah, she's she's up there and she, uh, she we don't see it, but she does jump. Mm-hmm. She does kill herself, which is sad. <laughs> sad. Yeah, I don't know why I laughed there, but yeah, we don't know. I don't know all of the characters' names, so we're just gonna call them by their actors' names. It's. Di- uh, Diane Keaton, Goldie Hawn, Bet- and Bette Midler are... Um, so Annie, Elise, and Brenda. Yeah, Annie, Elise, and Brenda. One of them's... Get, uh, Diane's getting a massage of some of some sort, isn't it? Or am I wrong there? Is, I am wrong! Great, that, fuck, I'm that, sorry. When does that happen? Oh, I just wrote down Diane gets a massage. Maybe I'm wrong about she that. She gets a message? Message. Okay, that like makes sense. Like perhaps an answer? Oh, yeah, it's all... Oh, they go all the... I Jesus wrote it down. Yeah, I fucking... Jesus Christ. You keep on bringing that dude up. I don't know what he's done for us in the past 20 years. Um, the... No, he gets a mess. Shut up. All right? I'm not as smart as you. I'm not as talented as you. I'm not as with it as you are. I'm but God damn it, things. I'm... No, God damn it, I'm fucking... Diane gets a massage. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that scene that never happened in this movie. Message. They get these messages. Okay, God fucking damn it. Christ. <laughs> fucking Christ. Bullshit. It's not bullshit. Can you just be a person and interact with me? I said it wrong. It's not a massage. It's a message. They all got messages. They all got notes. They all were sent to uh, to Andy, to Brenda, and Elise. But that happens much later. But that happens much later. Where so I don't. Go, uh, let's move on. Let's go with what's next. I don't need any well, more fucking is, judgment. What, you what have is, it on your fucking thing. I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> You saw it at start, the same I'm time starting. I did. Okay, fine. Well, good. What do you have on your fucking thing, Miss Fucking? You know, I say it wrong. I do it wrong. My, you go with your what fucking is, thing. Go. No, 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 no. We're going with your thing. I put what I put. It's wrong. You laughed at me, and now we're gonna keep on going to the truth. Come on, now. What do you have next? Oh, it's a message. Hell. 
Fucking hell. I have that Diane Keaton comes home, and her daughter is giving her shit for seeing that man again, but we find out that that man actually turns out to be Diane Keaton's husband and the daughter's father. Um, She's going back to him, even though she probably shouldn't. Yes. And um, the daughter says that she's gay and wants to tell her dad on Father's Day. I guess she's pretty sure that he won't approve and she wants to ruin Father's Ruin his Father's Day. So, yeah, the daughter is not on the dad's side. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Diane Keaton mentions that she is helping her ex with business stuff, even though they're separated. Then we cut to Goldie Hawn getting lip injections. Um, (laughs) That was the greatest. By Rob Reiner. He really wants the lips to be full and like a, I want to, I want, she wants it to be like Mick Jagger. And who was the other one that she said? She said, I want my lips to be like Mick Jagger. And who else? I don't know. Why do I want to say Christy Turlington? Anyway. Um, but I don't remember that exact quote, sweetie. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But it's she. She uh, Goldie Hawn really wants to be still thought of as a young and hip and sexy. Because she's an actress and she's worried about she's getting parts and getting divorced. She doesn't want to play the older lady and all that, you know, stuff. Yeah. She, so what's uh, what's next? The uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it wrong. I'm gonna just write a. No, okay, so, god damn it. Is it getting hot in here? I'm feeling nervous that I said it wrong, god damn it. Bullshit. It's very 90s, this entire movie smells, I want to say stinks of 90s residue. It's very, like, it's v- very fucking privileged and, and upper crust. And white. And very fucking white. There, this is the whitest I've seen a, a cast in a long time. I mean, every, there's no... There's not even a you know stereotypical black friend or you know or any oh of that that, that might shit. have really helped this movie. Then if it wasn't stereotypical, but yeah, if it was like bring some like other it it throughout this movie, I felt I knew that they were going to succeed. I I knew that they were gonna were gonna make it after all, Mary Tyler Moore style. I knew that they they were gonna triumph over. Uh, douchebag dickheads and they do and uh okay so what uh, after after we see goldie hahn what goes what comes next oh, uh, we cut to bet midler who's planning her son's bar mitzvah so we know what's going on with her and then we find out that diane keaton and her ex are seeing the same therapist but not as like couples counseling they're seeing them separately which is not a good idea that is a conflict yeah we talked about that, that, that ethically do not do that yeah. Don't do that. And you see what happens. Yes, you see what it, happens a little bit later on when it comes to that fucking shit. And then she, she's the one that sees on TV that her old friend Stuckard Channing um, had committed suicide um, the day after her ex remarried. <laughs> so all three ladies show up at the funeral. Goldie Hawn comes with Maggie Smith, who is um, apparently a. Um, an Upper East Side, you know, grand dame. She's been a first, second, third, and fourth wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's hilarious. Bette Midler comes with Balky, Bronson Pinchot, who's apparently her interior designer friend. Yeah. Um, so Bette, you know, kind of mouths hi to Goldie, but Goldie ignores her. Um, we don't know why. Um, oh, and then um, Bette sees Stockard Channing's um, ex there with his new wife, played by Heather Locklear, and he's kind of feeling up 
upper titty a little bit. It's really gross. It's, r yeah. It, 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 and But it's amazing that they got this many fucking big 90s actresses in this. Everybody is a freaking... Every bit part is a name that is either kind of become a big star or was uh, a mini star for a, a, a certain amount of years. But uh, they, uh, they all seem to be... They all seem to be genuinely broken, uh, genuinely broken up about the uh, about this death. Yeah, they all commiserate and go to lunch after the funeral. Yeah. We find out that um, uh, Bet's ex also left her for another girl, and Bet Miller says, "Yeah, she's twelve." Um, says that he <laughs> and I and this is what I pause. It said, "Did you get me another fucking movie that is about like teenage sex?" But yeah, no, it's uh, she's not twelve. She's just Sarah Jessica Parker, who is not twelve in this film now. No, um, yeah, uh, left her for some girl after a midlife crisis, and Goldie's ex did the same. Yeah, um, Diane is, you know, she tells them that you know they're she's you know not divorced. They're just separated, and they're working on it. And they laugh. <laughs> I, yeah, they don't they don't buy that shit um, for one second. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, our, my daughter's doing great. You know, she's a lesbian, and lesbians are great nowadays. So, you know, very, <laughs> very mid-90s. Yeah. Like, it's like we're getting there, but it's still... We're there. almost woke. Yeah, almost woke. <laughs> still a little sleepy. Yeah. Um, oh, and Bette Midler gives Goldie Hawn shit for her plastic surgery. She's like, you've been, you know, stuffed and pulled. You're a turkey. <laughs> It's <laughs> a mean thing to say. Yeah, Goldie, and Goldie Hans, she's getting a little loaded by this point. She's just like, you know, youth and beauty, man, that's the ticket. <laughs> what do you think of all these wonderful this conversation? <laughs> Why don't you tell me what you thought since I'm doing so much talking, sweetie? Oh, sorry. I, I, it, they need to work on themselves. They need to be at peace with who they they could be at peace with who they are or they need to change their worldview and they certainly or, or their life and they certainly do well that's pretty much what goldie Hawn says today and keaton she's like oh you know you you're genuinely happy lithium yeah <laughs> lithium lithium doesn't work i mean it does but not for happiness doesn't yeah. No, I think it does, sweetie. I think that's I think that's what it does. But not authentic happiness. No, not authentic happiness. Okay. Am I saying it wrong now? No. Authentic happiness is all right. But um, yeah, they all uh, all of the all of the men here have very kind of either. Uh, Dan Hayeta is at a fucking Hedaya. Why am I? Christ, goddamn fucking brain fog. I can't even say hyena correctly. God damn no, it. you did say that correctly. Okay, hyena, Dan, Dan hyena, Hedaya, uh, Hedaya. Let's call the whole thing off. What uh, he he seems to be the one with like a regular job job. Why why do I think that? I thought he was a salesman. Yeah, be... he owns like an electronics store. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, um, you should be aware of this since you watched the film. Uh, so Diane Keaton is seeing her shrink, played by Marsha Gay Harden. Yes. Who tries to, you know... Diane Keaton, is ha she has trouble expressing her feelings in this film. So Marsha is trying to get her to get angry and hit her with a foam bat. 
And she eventually, you know, she she does it like softly, but then she really gets into it and just beats the crap out of her with this foam bat. And, you know, Marsha's like, oh, that's good. And she's like, oh, but don't tell Aaron. Which it's like, why, why, can't, why is your husband not allowed to know that you get pissed every once in a while? What the fuck? <laughs> also, again, this is why you should be seeing the same shrink as your husband. Yeah, exactly. There needs to be a separation and there, you know, I don't know how Marsha Gay Harden could ethically do this and also emotionally yeah she should definitely battle lose her this license, thing especially like when we learn stuff. what we learn later yeah okay so we're at um goldie han's character's divorce hearing her ex wants alimony yes, since he produced true. many of the mo- movies that she starred in so th- basically saying that he made her a star so she owes him big, him yeah. alimony yeah. for him um basically uh creating her career yeah, that's what. Yeah, what do you do? You agree with that? That he should get the alimony? I don't think. So. I mean, well, I don't know. It depends. What the movies have been as you know as big a hits if it, if she hasn't starred in them. And also, who's actually who is actually um, uh, responsible for their success? Yeah, and what? How how big of a uh, how big of a deal was he being the producer of this before she the before she started to uh, starring in them was he, he already a big enough producer to make her career or it, it but you know people people want to see goldie hawn that's not you know no one gives a shit about a fucking film executive or producer no but if they're if they're putting up the money and everything yeah. there is that producers do play an important yeah role. oh i know i know i imagine it's a giant pain in the ass yeah i know um but yeah, they, uh, I it, it, there needs to be some sort of amicable uh, split. But I, I I don't know about fucking alimony. Anyway, but so we find out that um, Bette Midler's friend Bronson Pinchot. What what is his actual? I forget what is his name in what is his character's name in this film? Uh, Duarto Feliz. 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 Duarto Feliz. Duarto Feliz is one of the ten worst interior decorators in New York City, which that's really saying something. So to sad. be one of the, the ten worst anything. And also become that NYC. person's friend. That's <laughs> Well, I mean you could be you could be yeah. a shitty interior decorator and a good friend. Well, sure, Those of aren't course. mutually exclusive. No, they're not. Not anymore. So yeah, Ben Mittler, she starts some shit in a clothing store when she sees her ex. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he convinces her to, you know, um, Bronson Pinchot convinces her, like, oh, let's go in and look at some clothes to make you feel better. She sees her ex, Dan Hedaya, start some shit with him because he won't pay alimony or child support like he's supposed to. He's supposed to, yeah. Yeah, and she's trying to foot the bill for this bar mitzvah, and she's trying to save up for college, and she's just trying to Doing all these business. fucking things, and he ain't doing sh- he ain't pulling his weight at all. Yeah, and then, you know, um, SJP, who's his uh, new girlfriend, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, she comes out um, with all these clothes, and uh, she's like, oh, they're exquisite, I'm going to need all of them. So that, of course, really pisses Bette Midler off, like, okay. You yeah, so you're spending money on all this, on the clothes for her, yeah. and yeah, which is very nice. Because cool. he insists he's broke, but he's, yeah, spending money on her. Um, so, you know... Uh, Bette Miller is super pissed off, and she, you know, and instead of being as pissed off at her husband, he she kind of throws it at SJP, which women always do, and we should not do that 
Yeah, that's you know, don't, don't isn't bl- that don't eternalized blame, misogyny? Yes, shit? it is. Right. Don't blame necessarily blame the other woman. I mean, everyone's at fault, but it's like be be mad at your be mad at your dude. You know, he doesn't she's have not, to piss away money on her. Yeah, he's choosing to. But she says, you know, oh, um, the the my, oh my, the bulimia has paid off, and she hits back by going like, oh Brenda, why don't you try these on in your size? Jeez. So it's, yeah, this is very much internal misogyny. Uh, yeah, and this. This is throughout a lot of these kind type of '90s movies. Yeah. You get a, a certain type of slant that feels like it hasn't really fully hasn't even gone away. Now no. they're trying; uh, they've tried to recorrect it, but it just it doesn't it doesn't work all that well. And also, it, it, it maybe a little bit of blame, but she's she it, she if she wants to have sex, whatever. It's not uh, with. When it comes to Sarah Jessica Parker's character, I'm not putting any blame on her at all. That's that's or not as much blame as is what gets thrown at her. And you know, and I, I'm I'm assuming that the audience really liked it. Ooh, Bette Midler's being mean to a younger lady. I don't like younger ladies either. I'm an audience member, so a lot of people got you got enough people on their side in the audience that kind of made them think that. Right. Okay, so uh, then we cut to Goldie Hawn is having a business meeting talking movie roles with Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, who's who's this new direct? Who's this hot hip director, director? Yeah, sub, uh, Tarantino bullshit thing, or you know, type of like, ooh, let me be a cool indie director, and she, she's thinking she's going to be playing a younger. She wants. She thinks she's playing the. She's talking to him about the main character Monique. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, oh, well, how do you see her? And Timothy Oliphant is like, honestly, like, grotesque. It'll be like Elise Elliot, the Crypt Keeper. So we find out he's actually thinking of her for the main character's mother's mother, role. Yeah. Which actually sounds like a, like a better awesome. role. Awesome. But yeah. Goldie Hawn is horrified by this. Yeah, because she doesn't want to think that she's an older woman and she is obsessed with this. Or not oh, fun, obsessed. Fun fact, all three of these actresses turned 50 during shooting. Yeah, well, that's... Shit! Oh, that's certainly something. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and they're all—that's insane that they're all the same age. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, no, they, they all started their career around similar times. I think. Yeah, no, they all did. Goldie yeah. Hawn was probably first though, since she was like fourteen when she was on Laughing. Yeah, and she wasn't. She wasn't fourteen. I think she was like twenty. Yeah, I'm Be- being hyperbolic. But uh, yeah, twelve. A twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, but. Uh, Okay, I'll go ahead. I, I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. Um, then we cut to Diane, Diane Keaton, and her husband has called her on the telephone asking her out to dinner. But Midler goes out to a restaurant, and then the waiter is like, um, are you by yourself? And she's just like, see, since it's an Italian restaurant, it's like, dude, people can eat by themselves. It's not sad. Sometimes you just want to be left alone and have some good food. Yeah, that's, that's fine. So Diane Keaton shows up at the restaurant where her husband's, where she's meeting her husband. I thought they were going to be at the same restaurant where Bette Midler was, but it turns out but to no, not be. But no, it's a completely different one. So that was a weird kind of juxtaposition of scenes where you have two characters showing up at a restaurant, but it's not the same restaurant. Like, I kind of get what they're going for story-wise. It was just a little weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she meets up with her husband, and Isn't It Romantic is playing... Um, there's like live music at this restaurant, which is pretty nice. Um, and they, you know, while they're dancing, um, I'm not sure if this is before or after dinner, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, 
So Goldie Hawn, and then we cut to Goldie Hawn. She's wasted at a bar, bitching to the bartender about being asked to play the mother role. You know, but you know, and it's she, really good drunk acting. Yeah, yeah, no, she's hilarious here. She she's a lot of fun. And she's just like, oh, but Sean Connery, he would be the boyfriend, you know. He's 150, but he still gets to be a stud, something like that. <laughs> he's still studly, but he's 100 and whatever. But yeah, he's it, it's really sad. It's really convincing. It, I, I really like uh, And it's simultaneously very funny. I, she can always pull off oh, yeah. comedic. She has some really great ch- comedic timing. Well, yeah. So Diane Keaton and her husband are making out. And she says, oh, well, tomorrow we can start moving your things back in. You know, I can't, I can't wait to tell, you know, Dr. Shrink Lady how we've worked everything out. <laughs> and we should get therapy gold stars. <laughs> but then it's like right after they bang and he's just like, uh, yeah. no, I want to get a divorce. Yeah. And she's like, the fuck? Yeah. And he's just like, well, I was going to tell you, but you look so good. And I thought, hey, one last one time. Last, it's like, one fuck last you, kiss. bro. That is yeah. not okay, especially if that has not been communicated beforehand. That's just you That's... trying to get get your dick wet with your wife one last time and then pull the divorce rug route from under her. Yeah. That's complete fuckitude and I do not support it. it. it it's It's... And you're you're giving by seducing, kissing her. You're giving her hope. You're giving false her hope, the, yeah. false hope of an idea of like maybe this relationship will c- continue to go. And you're just like, yeah, no, I just want one more bang out of this situation. Yeah, it's fucked up. Of course it is. And she and Diane Key is just like, well, is there someone else? And he's like, no, there's no one else. <laughs> but then who comes into the his apartment other than Marsha Gay Harden, their joint therapist? <laughs> Which is... And that does not go well. No, either. and of course Diane Keaton gets super pissed off. She's just like, you're our therapist. And she's just like, well, I'm a woman. Oh, fuck not you, me. lady. That is not okay. You should get your license revoked. Um, and then she tells, you know, Diane Keaton, you know, oh, feel your anger. It's like, you know. Shut what, up. I will. You know what, fuck face. Yeah. I will feel my anger. So Diane Keaton just screams her head off and is just like, oh, I'm sorry you're my therapist and I'm sorry you were my husband. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like, dude, don't be sorry. You're the only one not in the wrong here. Yeah. And uh, she had, uh, that's a, that's a strain in her, in her personality that will get brought up later by the, by both Bette Midler and Goldie Hawn is that she takes so much shit and she's a weakling and or she doesn't stand up for herself and she always apologizes in a specific you know way but yeah. So then we get a split screen of all three actresses um, opening letters from their dead friend Cynthia, um, and she says things like "I wish I still had our friendship." Perhaps Gil, who I guess is her ex, isn't the problem. Perhaps loneliness is. So they get together and commiserate again at like a lunch or dinner or something and you know then they start just kind of sniping at each other for yeah. no good reason you know um which is not cool. i know i don't like that at all and you it, know about how they're they're old and their lives are falling apart because their men left them and you know at goldie Hawn's just like i'll have to do as for adult diapers and bet midler's like we'll all have to wear them and then they all talk about how they, you know, they helped their exes early on in their careers, but then once they actually got successful, they bailed on them for younger girls. Yeah. Did you find any of this funny? This is supposed to be a com- This is a comedy, but... Well, some you- of the deliveries are funny. Yeah. It's clever enough. I just... Uh, and they uh, form a... Uh, uh, yeah. So, it's just... 
Yeah, it 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 is it, funny. It just felt a bit repetitive. Uh, yeah, a lot it's of these pretty scenes easy to see the, where this is going. They're yeah. like, we help them rise, we can help them fall. Yeah, and so they put together the first wives club as a as a thing, as a thing to get back at their husbands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Vo Diane Keaton's um, character says, you know, we decided to gather info on our husbands. I went in search of a spy. So then they have kind of this very mid nineties. You know, they all go to a lesbian bar to find Diane Keaton's <laughs> daughter. <clears throat> And it, it's a whole it's a whole thing when it comes to it's a whole ooh I'm so uncomfortable but it is a lesbian bar they're all ladies so I should be more comfortable and they get uh, get into a thing oh you should you should know my my Morty treats me like garbage and oh yeah uh, Ben Midler she yeah. finds um an older lesbian and commiserates with her because like like yeah my um my girlfriend you know decided to leave me for a kindergartner or something like that. She's like, oh, that's just like me and Morty. <laughs> Again, kindergarten, uh, the, they keep on bringing up, like, how young in the U- yeah, UC's hyperbole. Free, hyperbole of, of these things. And that's a reoccurring thing in this in this screenplay, too. Yeah. Meanwhile, Goldie Hawn is getting down on the dance floor. Like, yeah. a lot of the lesbians recognize her since she's a movie star, and they're yeah. just like, oh, all right, let's 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 dance with, uh, with this aging movie star. <laughs> Which is... Fine. They probably think, oh, she's a lesbian too, since she's in here or not, or that's a possibility or not. So they convince um, Diane Keaton convinces her daughter to ask for a job at her dad's company, um, which she had never showed interest in before. He owns um, an advertising company, and she's just like, oh, come on, how about a little nepotism? And it's like, again, this is just very privileged white people. Uh, yeah. Getting away with stuff that is gonna that would be really rough and hard for impossible for people who aren't in this industry position. already. Yeah, yeah. And she's doing it because because uh, she's doing it for her mom. She's doing uh, doing this. Oh, I'm gonna uh, ask for a job so I can s- s- uh, get involved with my dad, so I can get back at my dad on top of all that other shit. And Goldie Hawn goes in and raids her ex's office for community property for liquidation. She's like, okay, well, if I have to split everything with him, I'm going to be in charge of that. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and her, her ex is all like, oh, you can't do this. It's hormonal. It's like, oh, fuck that's your not, face, That's dude. not it. No, she can do whatever she wants. It's not having anything to do with hormones at all. And then we see... Um, Bette Midler is at her son's bar mitzvah with Diane Keaton, and Dan Hedaya shows up with Sarah Jessica Parker, and Bette Midler's pissed off, like, oh, he brought her to my son's bar mitzvah. Diane Keaton's all like, well, is she a gift? (laughs) This is fucked up. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, let's hope not. No. Then uh, Bette Midler's, um, her uncle spills the beans that back in the day when her ex was starting his, his store, he was selling hot goods that he got from her dad and that his books are cooked. Which gives Bette Midler an idea to somehow screw, uh, yeah, yeah, screw so her Yeah, so he's not on the up and up. Ex-husband. Yeah, and that is, we're going to do something about that. Oh, yeah, and then we uh, cut back to Goldie Hawn's ex, who is auditioning Elizabeth Berkeley, who's, he's, uh, I guess, kind of seeing. Yeah, and uh, I love the... In a girlfriend the, capacity. And the, the uh, fucking <laughs> cardboard cutout thing 
is of the uh, a little bit later on. I just love that they had that they had that many details in Why his office. Why don't you contextualize that, babe? What? Jeez. Contextualize that. Tell us what you're talking about. When he uh when she confronts her 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 ex about a, a or her husband about this uh uh, supposed uh, uh, about Elizabeth Berkeley. He's the one that ha- that he's the one that is putting her in all these movies. What am I? All right. All, all I was telling you was to con- tell people what cardboard cutout you're talking about. Oh, the movie cardboard cutout. God damn it! A movie cardboard cutout of her that is reminiscent, probably or probably a meta riff on Showgirls, even though it, it, it is. Some somewhat similar. She he is putting his sixteen-year-old girlfriend, who he doesn't realize that she's sixteen until he's told that she is sixteen. Which uh, comes later. Which comes comes later. I'm just trying to get out what what I can fucking remember about this fucking shitty movie. All right. I'm sorry. All right. But the I really enjoy all of the fucking meta-esque fucking uh, little Easter eggs. In that particular office, anyway. And she was not sixteen; she was twenty-four at the time. This she's is twenty-four, this is the but year she's, after Showgirls. Is, Thank God she's not sixteen. No, no, I meant the character. Yeah, what? Are, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, for to let the audience know. Yeah, exactly. Listeners know, but yeah, she's. It's um, it's and she look, she looks twenty-four. She looks like a woman in her mid twenties, anyway. But or at least I thought whatever. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so Goldie Hawn, Goldie Hawn's ex, is audis- auditioning Elizabeth Berkley. Um, you know, they're they're doing lines, and Goldie shows up to raid his apartment for more community property. Yeah. So then we find out that um, Elizabeth Berkley got the part of Monique that Goldie Hawn uh, yeah. was talking to Timothy Oliphant about, and Elizabeth Berkley's a big fan of Goldie Hawn's character, oh, and she's just like... Oh, you know, wouldn't she be great to play opposite me? You should play my mother, which is the role that Timothy Oliphant was talking about with her in the first place. So this just keeps being shoved that that you are the mother role now just keeps being shoved in her face. And it's getting to Goldie Hawn. It's being like, ah, no, I don't want this. And it's just eating at her insecurity. Mm Mm-hmm. And, oh, Goldie Hawn is even having her ex's Lambo taken. (laughs) Um, and putting all of this stuff in this extra building that she just happens to own in New York. Yeah. That's empty. Again. again. That's empty. You could do anything with that space and just, like, retire off of Exactly. Which, I, I thought that this movie would piss you off more than it would piss me off. I grew up with some money. This shit might have, should have. Not owning a building in fucking Manhattan and letting it lie dormant money. Yeah, that's fucking insane. That's the type of fucking money you have just lying, the type of shit that you just, or like, oh, I, it's almost, and almost as if, like, spur of the moment, oh, I almost forgot, I own a building. I guess I can do shit there's, in there. There's a lot of shit in this movie that's just very convenient. Yeah, very convenient. Again, that's another reason why... I- Fucking hate. There's no like. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh we ha- we're having this problem. Oh, well, so and so knows so and so who can totally do this. Yeah, there. Uh, which means that the stakes are so low. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, so I was not entertained. I was not like. If yeah, one all of them of their were problems like, are very much in, kind of in their own head. Wealthy and it's like, white woman horseshit. Like, yeah. Get 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 real therapists. Yeah. And 
move on with your life. Which which they do, but the thing is they have to come together to do it. But yeah, all this extra, ex, well, extraneous, I guess, extra extraneous shit, which is redundant, um, is just, you know, kind of wackiness ensues, to, sort of. And sort of there's shows. no stakes. You have to care about the characters and feel like there's actual obstacles yeah, there's to no their frustration. And there's no... And they're like, oh, that's an obstacle? I'll just call Mr. Uh, Doodledum. He'll certainly get it all worked out, and I can certainly still... I still have that building in my name. It's just like, oh, really, you do? You didn't have to do any actual work work? You just have yeah. to fucking... And that's what pissed me off. If they had more actual frustrating obstacles than, uh, that were not solved by a simple, like, call, yeah. then... I would then I'd actually care about the characters and I'd feel for the characters, but since they're all very fairly very wealthy uh, uh, divorcees, it is hard to it's hard to root for divorcees if you are not a divorcee yourself. It is a this is pinpointing a very specific market of like wealthy white women that feel like they've been who have been wronged who mm. legitimately have been wronged but there I, I i don't know I, that's why i couldn't be i'm trying to be invested in it and i just yeah i can i can no kind of see that i mean of, yeah. i haven't seen this movie in a long long time so kind of when it, when i was in my 20s it was it was a fun you know chick flick it is still fun it's still fun it's just boring that's mm. all but yeah so they're having um, Maggie Smith meet up with Sarah Jessica Parker. I forget exactly how they how they set this up because Maggie Smith is a big deal. She's a very a society four major. times or five times divorced person or whatever. And yeah, she just has all the money um, to kind of like trick her um, into um, getting financial information on Dan Hedaya's company, sort of thing. Yeah. And since Dan Hedaya just bought her a penthouse, she's the one that suggests um, Bronson Pinchot's character to decorate it. That he's just he's you know the cat's ass. And this uh, this set piece this set piece is clever and well directed. This set piece of like don't look uh, don't look over there, Uh, trying to uh, all of them hiding from Dan Hedaya and Sarah. We'll we'll talk us into that scene, baby. Well, they get they get into. They they let them all. They need to be let in to the home to uh, go. So Sarah Jessica Parker agrees to have Bronson Pichot's character, character decorate. So she brings yeah. him. She calls him, brings him into the apartment. Yeah. And then. Then they they uh, to walk around and say, "This is what you need." And while he's while he's showing him the sh- oh, while there's he's showing. Uh, both Dan Hydea and Sarah Jessica Parker, the what he will do with the new apartment, the, what with the with the place, they sneak in to get. Uh, no, remember he said he says I need an hour with the space oh, alone. Oh, uh, oh yeah, an hour time. with the space alone, and then they bring him. Uh, they bring them in at that time to the ladies. To bring the ladies in to fucking pick up the shit that they need to pick that they need to pick up to go into his office and look through all his um all financial his documents and, and, yeah. and see if he can can find some fraud 
that they can um, that they can pin on him or blackmail with. Yeah, they need they need do. yeah they need proof of him selling the hot goods it's, and laundering money. And it's not it, it's it's nice. It's a bit of there's a bit of uh, with the three of them. There's a bit of Mark's uh, Mark's brothers madcap esque yeah. type of like ooh it's screwball oh my gosh what are we gonna do? See that sequence had that uh, uh, it, it, it had a purpose. It knew where it was going. It reminded me of other sequences i've seen in better movies and shit mm-hmm. like that and i was like oh okay well that's what they're doing all oh, their uh, that's that's clever enough and uh while uh, while they actually finally get the pe- they get the piece of paper they get the doc they get the document that yeah. they need to get and just by this time oh my gosh there here he comes dan hydea and sarah jessica parker yeah, come back up early, and they're yeah. like oh we're back blah 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 and uh he had uh fucking Pinchot has to fucking say no! Don't look over there. And they uh, uh, don't uh, don't uh, they uh, the ladies leave the apartment and then they have to somehow they're on the fucking roof. I freaking well, but that it, they they had to go out of a um out of a window onto a windows window one of those window cleaner platforms yeah. that they use on the massive build. You know, but that was at buildings. the very top. And then once they and then they uh, and then once they got onto that thing. They try to. They know they need to go down. They need to uh, be going to down. Once they get on that f- fucking platform that's right near the uh, the the window, they're constantly going down. And they have to go like, oh my god, god damn it! I'm having trouble articulating it. It's a it's a big uh, sequence of ooh, you can't look there. Oh, I don't want I don't want them to see that you guys are hanging out the window. Or hanging out uh, on this fucking scaffolding goddamn uh, uh, contraption that uh, brings up uh, people who paint. Thank you. That makes sense. The window cleaner. The window cleaner, gosh darn it. And also people who paint also use it. Probably. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, mostly window clean the window cleaner contraption for the window cleaner people. God damn it. I'm not smart like my wife. The window cleaner people contraption. The contraption for window cleaner people. They get on that fucking thing. There's a whole bunch of guffaws. Uh, Pinchot says, no, don't look out the window. These these stairs are great. Look at the stairs. Look at this. Let's go up the stairs and not look outside the window. That whole, those aren't the lines, obviously. But... It's it, it's a whole hullabaloo. It's a lot of it's a lot of you know women in their night in their forties well, type of fun. Yeah, they they they're trying to work the uh, the platform and they they hit the switch and they go down and then they get stopped right in front of the window of this couple who's boning. But then they they recognize who Goldie Hawn is, so they're just like, oh, you're oh, great, and oh, then it's awesome. And then they they hit the uh, switch again and they go down. Full speed, like dozens of stories to the very bottom. Uh, may I say something? I no. You have a microphone right in front of your face, but you may not say it. It's your podcast, but no. I thought Alec Baldwin would be in this movie. Why? Why? Because it's the mid-90s. It's a New York movie. It's about ex-husbands. It, what? It just seems, uh, it, it just seems weird that he's not in this. If everyone, it because everyone is playing more or less personas or versions of themselves on screen, and the whole I I thought it would be interesting uh, since he was such 
a bad boy, even though he was still married to Kim Basinger at the time. I thought it would be, it, it's just surprising that she, he's not in this movie as like just... And who should he play, sweetie? One of the fuckers. One of the goddamn husband men. Which, well, maybe he wasn't old enough at this time. How old was he in the mid-90s? I, I can, I'll find that out right fucking right now. Baldwin in the 90s. Holy shit. So, 68, 78, 88, 98. He would have been, he would have been 38. Yeah, so too young. These people are all in their 50s, babe. Well, it, yeah, I guess. You're right. He'd be playing, uh, he'd be, if he was going to play anybody, he'd play someone older. Anyway. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, he would need to be in his 40s, so he's a bit, he's a bit young when this comes out. That he's like this, but yeah. Um, anyway, they 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 get down to the fuck the the contraption, the window washing contraption brings them all the way down to the fucking bottom. They do not get hurt. They feel like ooh woo. I oh that was that was quite the ride. I'm I'm flustered. You know that they don't say exactly those words, but something. Uh, Bette Miller actually says, "You want to go again?" Yeah, you want to go again. I, I think it would be fun. I would do that. You know That's I hate heights. I would not like I know, I know. I would do it by myself. Um, but yeah. Then they're they're kind of celebrating, having a drink, and they're um, kind of reminiscing over what uh, Cynthia's, um, their dead friend's 21st birthday party, where they um, sang as a girl group. Uh, they sing You Don't Own Me, Own Me by Leslie Gore, which shows up again. It's a bit of a motif. Um, and then we see a string of, uh, answering, we see a string of massages. Uh, Massages. That's what I said. What'd you call me? Massages. A string of answering machine messages (laughs) from, um, from Diane's, Diane Keaton's daughter's character about how the, you know, since she's working for the dad's ad agency, she found out that his partners are selling their shares of the business. And then Diane leaves another message on Goldie's um, answering machine saying that, um, you know, oh, no, I think it's Ben Midler um, is calling Goldie, leaving a message saying that, oh, um, we need to raise money to uh, make a bid on their shares of the ad business, you know, where we could get that kind of money. So we find out that Goldie has sold everything that she, all the community property from her ex, she sold it to Diane Keaton, and then who is in turn auctioning all of that stuff off at, at Christie's. Christie's. And they, um, Maggie Smith and Bronson Pinchot have both convinced Sarah Jessica Parker to go to that particular auction and bid on his things. Using both Goldie and Bette Mittler in a blonde wig as potential buyers to up the bids. Yeah. <sighs> Convoluted as fuck. Yes. God damn it. A long way to get to fucking anything there. That's, it's, it's, and, uh. Yeah, when, when, when Sarah Jessica Parker, um, when she recognizes, um, Elise Elliott, Goldie Hawn's character, Maggie Smith is just like, oh, show business, teach her a lesson. And then when she notices Bette Miller's character in the blonde wig bidding on things, you know, uh, 
Maggie Smith is like, oh, probably Euro trash. So, so yeah, this, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker is really trying to, you know, she's nouveau riche, trying to become society, which is not a thing that doesn't work. And not even in the 90s that was that able to no. be pulled off. Oh, and um, they got her to uh, bid on something, like some hideous settee or something that she didn't need at all by saying like, oh, Jackie O had one just like it. So that's an automatic bid. Yeah, that's her. the one. Oh, we gotta get it. Yes. We gotta get it. A dead president's wife once owned this fucking thing. Congratulations. But, um... <clears throat> it's, uh... And they all seem so oblivious. Sarah Jessica Parker seems so fucking... It's sad to play... She plays stupid. She plays like a... No, I'm gonna say stupid, well, she's but like Well, she's a girl in her 20s who's just kind of, you know, she has a sugar daddy now, and it's yeah. just that type of character. Yeah. Well... But, um, yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, and she, she even bid and went on the freaking Lambo oh, yeah. for, like, 200-some K. Or, yeah, it was about... Thereabouts, right? Yeah, about 200 K or so. So. And then but Bette Midler's son comes home from a game at, where she was with, um... Where he was at a Knicks game with his dad and finds out uh, that... Dan Hedaya and Sarah Jessica Parker are now engaged. Oh, they're all together talking about how they're going to get their ex-husbands. And, um, and they're in Goldie Hawn's apartment, I believe. Yeah. And she's, she's kind of loaded. And, you know, um, Dan Keaton's telling Bette Midler about how she looked at Goldie Hawn's ex's records, all his financial records, and everything's above board. And Goldie Hawn is super pissed about this. She's just like, you know, yeah, your husbands aren't going to know what hit him, and Bill just gets off scot-free. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so she's drunk, and she's kind of being loose-lipped, and she's just saying, yeah, you know, what would you know about anything? You know, you're civilians, you're just housewives. And, you know, I'm an actress. Oh, yeah, she, she's just... Yeah, and then Bette Midler Trying. says... Um, you know, I'm saying this in the spirit of sisterhood. You are full of shit. Um, your, you know, your perception of life is somewhat altered. And you know, Goldie Hawn's just like, you know, I'm not a drunk. <laughs> and then Bette Midler just goes into her trash, and she's like, yeah, let's examine the evidence. It's all bottles and gallon jugs, which Jesus. is gnar which is gnarly. Goldie Hawn's like, well, I had guests. And Bette Midler's all like, who? Guns and Roses, which is an old reference, even even for, for 1996. Point. It is, is a weird. very old reference. That is a because. Fucking Guns N' Roses, I want to say 87 yeah, was that's, Appetite that, for that's Destruction. Like a, that's like a decade-old reference even by that point. Yeah. And then, you know, Goldie Hawn's all like, well, you think because I'm a movie star I don't have feelings, but I'm an actress. I have all of them. With, again, great <laughs> drunk great... acting delivery by Goldie. Yeah. Um, and then they throw, you know, they throw her her golden globe around, and she's just like, eh, this is sacred, it's trademark, it's like, eh, it's a golden globe. It's really. a golden globe, it's, it, and now that we know what a golden, what a yeah, golden globe, well, yeah, how, how useless a golden globe them, is, yeah. and how easy it is to fucking get a golden globe. It's... And then, you know, Diane Keaton gets in on it, and she's just like, I, I'm the nice one here, I'm not like and then this, they and then they pounce on her, pounce on her, being like, oh yeah, you mean you're the one that can't make a simple declarative sentence? And then she's just like, hey, you're both selfish assholes. So it's it's a big old it's a big old fight, and then they all split up, and they're not friends anymore. And uh, it, uh, what I really liked is uh, these arguments seems felt real too. They felt 
visceral. They felt like it's a real yeah. argument. I, actually, I did I did that scene with two other girls in um, high school freshman drama class. Who did you play? <laughs> Goldie Hawn. Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's great. That's awesome, actually. Yeah. Did you learn how to do drunk acting? I, tr- I tried. I tried. I was a freshman in high school. I'd never been drunk yet. So yeah, the the whole... Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Really? My gosh. At 14, no. I had never been wasted. Oh. Well, lucky lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, it's all just resolved. Like, kind they... of, kind of deus... It's not, not even deus ex machina. There's like nothing ex machina. Um... Goldie Hawn just shows up at Betsa's apartment saying, you know, I don't want to be like Cynthia after she so- sobers up. So I guess it's just like post-drunk clarity. Yeah. And uh, nothing really triggers it. They uh, they also during a drunken time, I thought maybe I'm getting turned around here, but there's also a time right after they yell at each other that feels like they start to they get drunk again, start singing the song. Or maybe that's after the argument that same night. Or maybe that's a couple of days later. Am I wrong about that? Oh, I thought that? that was before. Maybe, maybe the, I thought that was the same night, and that's uh, that they eventually got uh, they eventually forgave each other about in that within that same night. But I could be wrong. Anyway. <clears throat> oh, and I love how when Goldiehan goes into Bette Midler's apartment, she's just like, "Oh, I've never been to your apartment before. It's so real." Yeah, which <laughs> is such an odd thing to say. Yeah, I suppose. Well, yeah, they were in a. They're in a. Goldie Hawn is in a completely different, a bit of a different stratosphere than those two, even though they're, you know, when you're an actress, I guess, or a famous actress such as Goldie Hawn's character, I guess you're in a in a better house or whatever the fuck, but that wasn't even real. Fuck. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, and then they both go to Diane Keaton's apartment, and they're just like, well, we were thinking too small. Goldie Hawn's like, well, everything Bill has done has been legal as far as he knows. It's all about angle, angles. Um, and she's like, you know, I'm just thinking about going ahead and taking the role of Monique's mom. It's like, well, you know, work, okay. work is work. Congrats, I guess. But yeah. she also, that way she gets to worm her way and be and be close to them. Um, so yeah, Goldie Hawn meets with Elizabeth Berkeley, and who... Who I love, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley says, you know, Bill is so wrong about you. You're not Satan. <laughs> You're not Satan. No, so, yeah, she's trying to, she's getting info or intel. Both of those things. Yeah, both of those things. Um, oh, and then, then it's the scene where Sarah Jessica Parker is doing a commercial for Dan Hedaya's yeah. electronics store. And she gets the, gets the line wrong. Yeah. She's like, yes, if you need a, um, a high, qu- high cost, low quality appliance. Because low quality. Yeah, it's like, wow, dude. Um, And then he gets arrested by J.K. Simmons. Yeah, there's so many fucking faces in this movie that just pop up out of nowhere. Then Diane Keaton is um, in her ex's office waiting for him to come in. Goldie Hawn's in her ex's office saying, hey, let's take a meeting. Um... Oh, and, okay, so Dan Hedaya isn't real arrested. He's fake arrested, and he um, shows up in a, um, he gets taken to a warehouse, and uh, a bag is taken off his head, and, and it's, it's Bette Midler and her uncle, and they spill about knowing that he was selling hot stuff, and she's just like, yeah, wake up and smell the audit. So she has him by the balls pretty yeah, much. which is pretty cool. I like, I, I like how that was put together, yeah. And Diane Keaton then... Um, we're back to her, and she is in her ex's office and tells him that she bought out his partners and now owns half the company. 
And then Goldie Hawn is like, okay, fine. I owe you um, 50% of what I sold all your stuff for. So she... Um, she gives him 50 cents, and she's like, okay, fine, you know what, fine, take all of it, and gives him another 50 cents. So she sold the Lambo and all the artwork and furniture and all that shit for to Diane Keaton for a dollar. A dollar, which is great. That's... And, yeah, then we're back to Diane Keaton and her ex, and he threatens to take his accounts from the company, and she's just like, yeah, you can go ahead and do that, but I just landed my own $45 million account, so I'll be fine on just that. Um, and you'll have to pretty much, he'll have to pretty much start over if he wants to take all of his accounts. Do we find out what that big account is? No. So he just, ta he just takes her word for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, uh, the amazing part of, uh, they put so much detail into some shit and they just fucking forget about stuff that you, you would want to know the details of. It's just, yeah. Oh. oh, and that's when, um, Goldie Hawn shows the, um the yearbook to her ex bill and shows that elizabeth berkeley his new girlfriend is, is only 16, 16 years old yes yeah, yes yeah, at first she's she's all like oh no she you know she's just lovely what is she 25 and he's just like well she's 21 and she's just like um yeah that's what you think but no yeah you're off by a handful of years yeah which is so gross is very gross and, and uh, then they give all their exes their their first wives club business cars that they made up for them and they're like be at this address at this time and then when they get there they they're like yeah you know you fucked us over and they're like and they're like so what do you want what do you want us to do you're not our problems anymore yeah. like what are we gonna do and they're just like oh you have to pay because we pretty much have you all by the balls yeah um and it's like okay well what are they gonna pay for um a uh Crisis Women's cent uh, Center for Women. Yeah, that that's what it is. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna make sure nobody, you know, no women of our, you know, older women die of neglect anymore, like our friend did. Okay, fine. Okay, if I mean, great. So, all yeah, that's <laughs> that's quite a it, mission yeah, it, statement it's for a, your. It's a nice, it's a nice idea. Um, and we find out that Goldie Hawn's character is in a new play called A Woman of a Certain Age. She gets a standing ovation opening night, including Elizabeth Berkeley. Berkeley, who's like, yay, Elizabeth Um, So, yeah, they, they use whatever money they extorted from their husbands. Again, not a lot of information is given about this. To open a crisis center named after their friend Cynthia, which offers counseling, family therapy, and abuse intervention. Um, so yeah, it's the opening of this crisis center. Ivana Trump. Everyone's there. Gloria there. Steinem is there. Ed Koch is there. All the feminists of the 1990s in New York. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ed Koch, big feminist icon. <laughs> that bald fucking fatty. Oh, and you were saying that 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 was the year that this came out was also the year that um, Trump married um, Marla Maples. So, yeah, uh, and I then, believe so. And then um, uh, Ivana does give the uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor line, you know, remember, don't get mad, get everything. Um, oh, Dan, Dan Hedaya shows up with Sarah Jessica Parker in the Lambo. In the Lambo. Like, oh my God, driving one of those in... In Manhattan just seems like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, I know, and having to park it, uh, yeah. Um, oh. No, uh, she married Donald, uh, Marlon Maples married Donald Trump in 1993 and divorced Donald Trump in 1999, so I was, oh, was so, off. So, so this was about the middle of, middle of, of the marriage. Of, the, of his second marriage, yeah. And, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, she's she's pissed that they have to, you know, be there, Um 
So he leaves her in the Lambo, and we find out that Diane Keaton's ex broke up with the shrink, and he wanted to make up, and she told him to drop dead, as you do. Goldie Hawn is dating an actor from her play, as you do. Um, then Goldie Hawn's ex, Bill, who is no longer seeing the 16-year-old Elizabeth Berkeley, so I guess that can be said for him. Congratulations. You now are going to ask out Sir Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're kind of <laughs> flirting, and then he's like, uh, how, how old, old are, are you? you? Just before I put my tongue in, down in your throat, I'd like to know what's your age. Yeah, so Sarah Jessica Parker's character has no loyalty. It's just whatever rich guy she can get with. Yeah. Oh, what that? What is her character's name? Let's see. So Elizabeth Berkeley's character. Shelley Stewart. Shelley. That's right. Yeah. And Dimwit. So after this grand opening of their crisis center, the three ladies are sitting at a table having a good old time, and then they decide that she's like, oh, I'm so glad maybe we can be this and that, and maybe even a little brave, and then they sing You Don't Own Me Again, Yay. and do a cute little choreographed dance, the end. Yes. Well, what are your thoughts, Michael? I, 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 I now talking about it, I, I enjoy it more. Really? <laughs> There's enough fun sequences. It just, it just, it, it grated at my fucking. I, I, I just didn't like how fucking bland and paint by number. I really wish it was had better writing, but you know. Yeah, I wish things were kind of less convenient, and yeah. they there were more kind of struggles, and they had to figure things out more to. Yeah, Ro- make rolling my happen. eyes throughout the entire yeah. fucking thing. Anyway, here are my notes. Here are the notes to. Um, here are notes out of context. Notes out of context. Okay. Right. College fun with the girls. Stockard, where have you been all my life? Is Stockard gonna kill herself? Oh. Diane got m- massage messages? Messages? Messages. Trash the... Trash in the in the maple? Oh my god. Are you senseless? Gall looks awesome. Rob Reiner's Bill's movie? Oh my god, what the fuck? Shame Shamelessness in the synagogue. Oh my god. Taint uh funeral idol fun. Heather! This is very nineties. I hate that these nineties. All of them are uh, are devoted to her lips. Her lips. The leech peels a bit mushroom. Prushaka Shelley, the Barracuda. Twelve lesbians are great nowadays. Separated. Gotta get them separated. Good grooming. Ew. Youth and beauty. Ew. Long waiting slash drinking scene. Ew. Hill those loud, hate those loud noises. Therapist, psychiatrist, ethical errors. A myth, great, uh, a mythic great actor from Succession is in this. Oh my gosh. Dan, Sarah, this cast is incredible. Timmy is grotesque. Oh no. Elise Fershawn, Cryptkeeper. Big woman plastered on the fringe. Hanger, hanging on my dinner lumps. With gonna rely uh, with you about my own diaper dance. 
Depression, that's an actress thing. Like a lot of bricks. Uh, I guess they stepped out to be me. Therapy gold, therapy gold stars. I called it gaslight shit. Hell's bells with my own anus. That's cool shit, Diane is sad. Perhaps it, eating your raking mask to the men, you're not, you're not going to work at me, Donald. With that bell, I s surprised my own justice. Evil toe... Yeah, evil Me Too remake. Sounds cool. Revenge? This is the I'm scared of a spy moment. Rosie Variant asking about Goldie. Teach him? Brenda? New accounts? Cigar advertising? Dickhead? Hormonal? Oh, sometimes I like to suck my Barney. Take it out. Take him out. My Marty is selling books all the time. Walking out for a sap, you Monique? You're Monique. Dan Carlin knows how to sell my ideas. Doesn't, uh, does he get it, though? Oh, my gosh. A hermecular of death. Duarto Diaz, answer the belly. I feel must, musk bad. The, the gay man has been annoying. Oh, no. What, uh, uh, has been an annoying guy. So many 90s, uh, men. Indelible Dirty of the dumbest memes. This is some low-grade corporate feminism of the 90s. Drunken camaraderie. Wouldn't worry what, about that. For an actress, 60. One for classes. Probably bad time. Beat that Euro trash. I bought the grift. The normal kid is bored by your better Bullshit. Oh my god, you keep it. It isn't for man. You are full of ship. Gets it out in the roses. Fan club, a lot of argu uh, arguable Golden Globe time. Oh, this is the end of the second act. We're all very sad. A heaving bosom d uh, does me no favors. It is so real. A question of angels would like to say hello. When was the last time an angel had big boobs? 90s are a time for your beaks to get wet. Miranda doesn't like that part. Hot stuff. I bought it. This is Jill's AF Wednesday Friday time. Underage florist, blackmail, and making an 80s into the 90s movie of of compensation. Crisis Center for Women. Ha! And that was Notes Out of Context. Now for our second movie, a much better one. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. This was great. I love this so much. These were the other movies that you could see in April of 1997 when this movie came out. Oh, a Bette Midler movie called That Old Feeling. Don't I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know much about it either. Uh, Total Reality. Back in Business. Double Team, another really great Jean-Claude Van Damme movie with, uh, with, with, uh, the, the guy with the weird hair, Dennis Rodman. Um, oh my gosh. Keys to Tunisia. Anaconda came out this month. Uh, Murder at 1600. Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag with Joe Pesci, which is another really good comedy of the year. Um, Rose Hill. 
The X, ooh, as well as Volcano and Breakdown, <laughs> but uh, with Kurt Russell. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, it's a good, I like that movie a lot. But I, I really like this. This is a great movie. This movie made me super happy. I love the high school movie. There was an entire sequence in this movie that I thought was uh, real, that I thought was the actual high school reunion, and it was just a fucking dream it's sequence. It's a very long dream, dream sequence. I, I really thought it was legit the fucking real movie, and I was like, ooh, is this how we're going to do it? And then it fucking did a fucking twist on me, and I was thinking, oh, no, my gosh, it isn't the real reunion? Oh. But, uh, yeah, I I love... I. This movie made me so happy. Thank you for showing yes, me this. Yes, this is a happy movie. This is a much happy, much happier movie. Uh, they got the eight. They got eighty-seven perfectly. Now all these freaking flashbacks to the nineteen eighties. They did freaking. They did freaking perfectly. I was so. I I was really smiling a lot throughout this entire movie. Um, anyway, we. They're two twenty-eight-year-old women because yeah, that's. Because they were eighteen when they were, yeah, yeah, they're us. yeah, and uh, yeah, and I was happy to happy to see one of my favorites, Janine, in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's fun in this as well. Uh, there are uh, Ju- uh, Justin being a cow, uh, just Justin being a wannabe badass cowboy. You know, Alan Alan Cumming being a completely different fucking who's always great. Who's always great, but the the. Who's really really awesome and played every version of his character so well. And Catherine Mannheim. Yeah, Catherine Mannheim. And uh, but yeah, it has uh, this. This was uh, written by uh, it. It's based on a, uh, on a book called Ladies' Room. Oh, I thought it was based off of a uh, like a stage play. Oh, maybe it is. Sorry, maybe it is a stage play, not a uh, book. Uh, and she was also a member of the comedy troupe The Groundlings. Uh, and, yeah. You know, which is pretty awesome. Robin because, Schiff. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I, and this is Mira, uh, Mira Servine, uh, Mira, and Sir, Mira and Lisa just fucking killing it. Oh, yeah, this, totally. The their, entire movie. And uh, it's it's kind of indelible. They kind of... Uh, they it's They're iconic in these roles. Everyone... Uh, People, young people now are uh, discovering this movie on Letterboxd and so many places now. She's she's just wonderful. And the last time we talked about uh, Mira was uh, for the uh, for the Maryland movie only like two or three years before this, which is so mm-hmm. she got like or like a like five years at the most I think before this uh, because I think that was in ninety three that that ninety four ninety four yeah uh, but yeah so we have. Two 28-year-old uh, w- uh, women, uh, Romy White and Michelle Weinberger, uh, and they're living together in an apartment. Uh, I love the opening shot of this because we go from what, uh, from like what we think Ven- uh, like a it seem- certainly seems like a painting, and it goes in. It feels like it's going in inside Venice. the painting, and uh, how the camera just goes. F- over the water and into into the uh into the apartment into the apartment really well it's a, it's a decent effect yeah 
and they're and they're sleeping there in bed like all of like all. Of so us. they're watching Pretty Woman. Yeah, sitting there in bed watching Pretty Woman, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Pretty, you know, they're they're critiquing it as it, as they should they're be. Pretty Woman. Did we say Pretty Women? That's pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Pretty Women. Pretty Women is the probably going to be the remake or the reimagining or the retcon or the fucking whatever they're going to do in a handful of years. Mm. But um. And they're uh and they and they they're they're fucking yeah yeah they're just saying oh this is they're having a good time they're living their life they're just being themselves they have the friendship together it's really nice See, I believe this friendship is real or even it, it seems real I don't know if yeah it's not real but it's it it it's so well put together so what written well together they feel like actual friends they have chemistry mm-hmm. yeah. yes yes yeah. they do yeah. all right Romy. <laughs> Works a Jaguar place. Jag Jaguar. It's a Jaguar. Yeah, Jaguar dealership. Jaguar dealership. Um, you. Uh, when did you first hear about this movie? Jeez, I don't even know. It's been long. Yeah. It used to show up on television, and I don't. I just caught it once, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I watched it every other time it came on since then. I don't really remember the first time I saw it. When was the last, before last week, when was the last time you remember watching it? It's probably been a very long time. Over at least eight years, because you've never watched it with me. I've never been. No. We've never watched it together. This movie means, is is really wonderful. I think, I saw it a long time ago, but I didn't remember a lot. And then it became like such a big a uh, cultural point that I just was like, okay, I'll eventually get to rewatching it again soon. But yeah, anyway, so she, yeah, so Romy, played by uh, Mara Servino, is uh, works at a Jag Jaguar Jaguar. I don't. Why am I saying it like that? Jaguar dealership. A Jaguar dealership, yes. Yeah, and uh, Michelle is unemployed, which is sad, I guess. They are, and they're both single, <laughs> and they they both are fine with their lot in life. What happens next? Where am I going with this? What do your notes say? Yeah, what do my notes say? Let's just let's just read the very first thing in my notes. Here we go. It'll make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Really happy when they let her shop. That's when they're talking about Pretty Woman. Yeah, and uh, so they're trying to make fun of it, and you know, Romy's all like, "Oh, like those sales girls in Beverly Hills are bigger whores than she is." Wow. True. Well, yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah, they are because they work on commission. I think. Yeah. Um, that was the whole point of the thing in the movie. In yes. The movie. Yeah. So they're they're trying to make fun of the movie, but then Lisa Kudrow is just just like, oh, once they once they do let her shop, it make, it makes me happy. So she's actually kind of into it. Yeah. And uh, they seem to be going. Uh, next thing I wrote down was about the club. They they like going to clubs. They like being single. They like you know. Uh, it, they like dreaming about the life that they want to have. Well, they're generally okay, okay with their life. They, you know, they live in Venice. They have an apartment. They get to go clubbing. Um, I like how um, I think it's Michelle says, you know, oh, oh no, it's um, Rome because she's she's like, there's no guys in this club. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I wish I was a lesbian. And then Michelle's all like, well, you want to try having sex one time to see if we are? And she, and then Romy's like, and I thought of having sex with another woman creeps me out. It's like, oh, mid-90s. We're still not there. It's like, lesbians yeah. are great nowadays. I get, but 
the thought of having sex with another woman creeps me yeah, out. Cre- like, it okay. makes you feel uncomfortable. So it's they? like mid nineties. We're like we're yeah, we're very yeah. much on the on the. We're trying the, to be better. We're trying yes, to be we're better. On the cusp we're trying of to wokeness. Yeah, we're trying to think of them as other people that de- deserve our respect and are not disgust- disgusting or whatever. They're not bad. You know, no, I'm saying they're not. No. That's what, but they're, but you know, they're not trying to. But they're saying that in the thing. Ooh, how you know? Ooh, I don't want to do anything too dirty or anything like that. And then they say, well, what if we? Before we know, uh, before we meet anybody, when we're thirty, we'll get married to each other, or something, or we'll become we'll become lesbian lovers. Or did I pull that? Was that not in the movie? That might, I just you might have pulled that from that. another movie. Okay, because I thought they said, "Oh, if we don't f- are not in a relationship by a certain age, we'll start dating each other." Isn't that a? Wasn't that one of the conversations in the club? Or am I going? Nuts? It could have been. I don't remember every single line, babe. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you write that down? No, no, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking shithead, Michael. Um, we're bad at podcasts. We're not bad. Po- you, you, this is gonna be edited. We're great. I am great at podcasts. Is what I say out loud. Um, <laughs> so Romy sees Janine Garofalo's character, um, who is named Heather 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 Mooney. <clears throat> at her job at Jaguar. And she's just like, oh my gosh, Heather Rooney, we went to the same high school together. And apparently she can afford a Jaguar because she invented this quick-burning paper for Lady Fair cigarettes. I love that. For the that. girl on the go. That's great. It's it's such an interesting uh, character trait and, and piece of writing that I really like about this. Yeah, it's and really I like cool. how, how there's callbacks to it kind yeah. of throughout the film. Because um, smoking is very, very important to Heather. Yeah, and to Janine for a long while, too. That's true. <laughs> uh, so Heather asks Romy if she's going to the high school reunion. Romy's like, what reunion? She had no idea. Um, and apparently, you know, they got the letter, but Michelle, like, forgot to give it to her or forgot something. Forgot to give it to her, yeah. And she's just like, oh, you're, you're roommates with, you know, Michelle Weinberger? Like, I thought she'd be married to Sandy Freak by now. And Romy's just like, ew, the Freakazoid. Um, and she's like, oh, didn't you have a crush on him in high school? And she says something, um, she's just something like, says something like, oh, we had a very deep connection. It's completely different from a crush. Yeah. And we felt connect. And we do see, we do see their bond when we flash back to the, to 1987. Yeah. And, uh, by, and in 1987, they were basically bullied by the A group, like a, like a better group. Anyway, yeah, the cheerleaders. The cheerleaders, who all will turn out to be real jerks. Now. Oh, okay. Let's move back. Okay, so Romy sees Janine Garofalo's character, Heather Mooney, at her job at Jaguar and um, notices that, like, oh, it's Heather Mooney. We went to high school together. And apparently she could afford a Jaguar because she invented this quick-burning paper for Lady Fair cigarettes for the girl on the go so you can, like, smoke the cigarette yeah. really quickly. Um, when you're at break. So Heather asks Romy if she's going to the high school reunion. Romy totally didn't know that, that their reunion was even coming up. And then Heather's just like, oh, you live with Michelle Weinberger? I thought she'd be married to Sandy Frink right now. And Romy's just like, ew, the Frankazoid? No. And she, then she's like, oh, like, didn't you have a thing for him in high school? And, you know, then Heather's like, I did not have a thing. 
I did not have a thing. I was very much in love with him, very much in love, and there's a difference. Yeah. There's a <laughs> difference. And it's, and it's like, it's funny, because that's how you, how you can feel when you're in high school, yeah. even though... There isn't necessarily indifference. No, not when you're 17. And I, lo- I love how some some of them are still so stuck in some emotions and some shit when it comes back. It, it's it, it's a difference. It, it, that type of angst usually is yeah. goes away. Hopefully by your fucking... When you turn 28 or somewhere around that or whatever, but not. But uh, it's, it's, it, it's just nice that they were put that she's putting in this work of like oh i actually cared about him that was it was it really meant something it wasn't bullshit anyway so then romy goes home and um she and michelle look through their yearbook and we see that um there was apparently a big controversy because their senior photo is both together together which is not a thing you are allowed to do yearbooks are actually really kind of um have a stick up their ass about yeah fascist want some fucking rules into this shit which is weird yeah like things have to be a very particular way like you have to wear that black drape i never understood that shit yeah i know like when i it's, it's not um a yearbook thing or a prom thing but when i graduated our school colors were black and yellow and i didn't want to wear a yellow robe just because i didn't want to because it's like girls wear yellow the boys wear black and i had my parents come with me to um talk to someone in charge. I don't know if it was the principal or not, but just like, yeah, can I, it's like, I have to purchase it with my own actual money anyway. Let me just purchase a black one because I want to. Yeah, because it's what I want. It's what I want to wear. And, um, and I have to buy it. It's my money. I should get to, you know, buy which. And yellow dresses or or yellow gowns is not gonna. I mean, I actually look okay in yellow because I'm in autumn, but I didn't want to. And he's just like, well, we haven't had one yet. And it's like, fucking so? If I'm buying it, I want to buy a black one. I did, and I bought a fucking yellow one. They wouldn't let me. It's just weird how it's just like so persnickety about such dumb shit that... That no one really cares about, especially at the end of the fucking year. You're all leaving anyway. This is all bullshit. Yeah, no one's going to give a fuck. What? Like, it's about control, baby. That's yeah, it what is, it's all it about, about fucking control. control. It's it's about but, it's still trying to control you while you're still while they still have they you still under can, contract yeah. or when you're whatever. Well, they have you under contract. <laughs> it's the contract of high school. Yeah. But yeah, they were able to um get their photo together and apparently it was a big controversy because um one guy was supposed to be right in between them because yeah. their names start with W and it's alphabetical and he's just like, Well, where do I go? Hey, before or after, it doesn't really matter. Nobody cares. And also, why would you care? As a guy, what would you give a... Why would any one give a fuck about any of this shit? This I know. I know. Um, so then we, we flash back to the mid-80s. So it's 10 years ago, so this would... Oh, this would be 87, right? Yeah, 87. Yeah, it said, it said 87 in Tucson, which is where they're from. And they kind of go through the A through D high school groups. Yeah, and it, it feels... it. Like most high school movies or high school adjacent movies, there are some there are some tropes, there are some things yeah, that totally. feel real and like oh I've seen this before. But they really nailed late. Yeah, they really nailed nineteen eighty seven in their clothes and their personality, the way everything. The music in this movie music is great. Is All perfect. the music is great. Yeah, it's um, it's almost as good as the movie. It's it, it, it in fact enhances it. it oh, doesn't definitely. Need it, but it. It's really it really uh, helps out a lot of the uh, some of the narrative um, and emotional 
some of the emotional narrative uh, being pushed through with those that music really hits home especially for people of our age even though oh totally yeah who kind of romanticize some parts of the 80s or at least late 80s as far as the music is concerned but you yeah so it's like yeah the a group was like the cheerleaders and billy christensen who romy had a huge crush on and then the b group was like the um the drama club kids, and they're like, oh, didn't you have a crush on so-and-so who was in drama club? Why didn't you go out with him? And then we see, you know, the photo come to life, and it's two of the drama guys looking at each other, and it's like, oh, the drama boys are gay? Gee, who'd have thought? Yeah. Not all of them. Surprise, surprise. No, ch- I'm not. But a good chunk of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what they said for the C group, but they're just- but they're just like, what group are we in? Were we in like the D group? And they're like, no, that was for the outcasts, like Heather Mooney and Sandy Frank. So they couldn't figure out what group they were in. And they're, they're just like, oh, I guess we were just kind of our own thing. Or a uh, class A1 or B or like a, no, I'm thinking of something else. But they're thinking, what? <laughs> I got you. You almost spit out the some yeah, fluids. Yeah, onto my laptop. That would have been great. But Not great. Really I'm going to say bad. Yeah, what what were you referring to? No, like an A one group, like a not not the A group, but like an A one, like a like somewhere like below steak a, sauce. No, like something below steak sauce, something below a. Okay, is this something that was discussed in the film? No, or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm having such a good time. No, okay. no, fuck off, Michael. No, um. So then we flash back to, yeah, a more specific day. In fact, it's Hamburger Day. And, you know, they were talking about how Marisol Vienna's character, how Romy's supposed to be fat. She might have been wearing a little bit of padding, but she was not not fat no, in no, the least. No, I think that's why she's the one that's always talking about how they need to lose weight and how she was um, on a new fat-free diet that she invented where all she had was gummy bears, jelly beans, and candy corns. And yeah, then Michelle's just not... like, oh, I wish I had your discipline. It's like, nah, that's not a good idea. To lose yeah, even in those, uh, it, even in those work, uh, the workout scenes, she's like, ooh, we don't, we don't want to be fat. Oh, you look, you both look I fucking, know, deli- you, you both guys, look fucking delicious. You look great. You look fantastic. So you do not need to lose it. Anyway. You don't, you need to, you probably gain some weight so you fucking look like a person. But, uh, and well, we see maybe. Billy Christensen, her crush with Christy, who I guess is the haired cheerleader. Yeah. It's, uh, and uh, they are all they're all pulling off the late 1980s thing they, uh, the hair is per- is pretty perfect the attitude of all of these dudes are it's kind of pitch perfect they know this Billy Christensen dude has the aura of a sexy handsome guy who's also very fucking stupid and uh, yeah um by oh yeah and Heather has uh, often... You know, is being mean to a girl named Toby, who is really, it's, that's really Played shitty. by Catherine Mannheim, yeah, yes. Yeah, is really, really fucking shitty to do that, but, yeah. Anyway, um, what, what's, uh, what, what's, ne- what's the next? Oh, they talk about what a deludinoid Christy was for thinking that she would grow up to be a news anchor. And kind of this outlier popular girl um, says that she thinks that the uh, outfits that Romy and Michelle made for themselves are actually pretty interesting because she's not as into groupthink as the other girls in the A group. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... 
And then, um, yeah, Christy comes up to Romeo and Michelle and asks if they're going to try out for the Music Man. And she puts fridge magnets. First of all, why do you have fridge magnets with you at lunch while you're at school? No, what, what, what is the purpose of having those at your disposal? Uh, but she sticks them on um, Michelle's back brace, which she had to wear because she had scoliosis. Yeah. And that's yeah. a shitty thing. Yeah. It's... Yeah, which kind of like... um. Uh, Caitlin Olsen's character, Dean, Does, um, in and Always, Always Sunny. Sunny, she also had to wear yeah. that sort of contraption at, at high school. Um, and then she takes Romy's hamburger. Like, oh man, this looks real good, can I have it? She just takes her entire lunch. Yeah. Which is like, I get that that's supposed to be another fat girl joke, but it's just like, dude, you don't take that's, people's food. No, don't do that. That's, that's I, I would, I'd pop a bitch, you take my food. You know how I feel about that. I pop a bitch. Pop a bitch. Yeah. That's that what bitch. I said. No, no, I just wanted to re- reiterate the phrase. Pop that bitch. Um, and Sandy Frank goes up to them, and you know he's trying to he's trying to kind of flirt. Michelle blows him off, and but he tells her about the magnets, and then they're both like, "Oh shit! Oh my god! They were totally she was totally fucking with us, and now they're laughing at us." So then you know Romy has the idea, like, "Okay, just pretend you said something really really funny, and we're both gonna like." Like, fake laugh and leave. It's like, it's so fucking cringe, dude. It's so sad and frustrated and, yeah, made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> but, uh, Sa- uh, Sandy has a crush on Michelle. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. And, uh, and then Heather has a crush Heather's on Sandy. Heather's on Sandy, and she doesn't want to admit it. It's very much thing. a chain of command. Yeah. A, chain, a, a chain of command or a chain of crush. Hierarchy. Or, or hierarchy. Yes, a high school hierarchy. Oh. That is a very well-known thing. Yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah, indeed. It, it came out I, of I couldn't I, think. I couldn't think of the words. Yeah, H. But it's just like a bigger fish shit on smaller fish who shit on guppies, who shit on tadpoles, that type of thing. Yeah. Who, we call it a hierarchy. Mm-hmm, that is correct. Mm-hmm. It, a whole bunch of archies, and hierarchy is one of them. Yeah, mullarchy as well. There's patriarchy and then the matriarchy. All sorts of archies. Uh, But, yeah. But uh, at the prom... uh, Do do we want to go to the prom scene or or not? The prom flashback, you mean? Yeah, the prom flashback. That's what I mean. Yeah. At At the prom... Yeah, well, at first we flash forward. Oh, yeah, they're, then they're talking, yeah, they're talking about um, the prom, and um, Michelle's like, oh, at least you, you know, you looked really good, you lost some weight by then, and the Romeo's just like, yeah, I was so lucky getting mono, that was the best diet ever, that's so fucked up. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Mira Sorvino's accent in this film? What are your thoughts on that? What do you think that was? I I really don't, I really didn't know what she was doing. I I. I I thought she was. Tr- I didn't know what she was trying. She seemed kind of consistent with. She tried to uh, maintain consistency with it, but I just I I don't know where that fucking thing came from. It it it, it jumped out at me. I didn't know what she. I guess she had it in her head that she was going to do this fucking accent voice or whatever the fuck. So apparently, it's supposed to be a combination of Valley Girl and Philadelphia. I guess I could see that. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, those two things. So Mira Sorvino said that Romy's voice is somewhat based on her sister. Okay. All right. So it was just a a weird thing she decided to do and just kind of... Kept uh, on going with it. Okay. Um, Oh, God. But yeah, all right. 
Oh, Tony Collette was up for the part of Romy. That would have been interesting. Also, uh, yeah, came out similar time during uh, Muriel's wedding, yeah. uh, similar years. So she would have been like, I guess, the right age for that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yes, the prom flashback, Michael. Yeah, he uh, Romy asks Billy if she would like to dance, and doesn't go. Ahead. Yeah. Oh, at first, okay. So I yeah. love that they're both in very Madonna esque. Yeah. Dresses at that oh, time. it's so great. It's so wonderful. And, yeah. And Romy has her fake ponytail, and she's whipping it around and just hitting the shit out of Michelle with it. And then Michelle's all like, "Yeah, that hurt, but it looked really good." Yeah. <laughs> their, like really their friendship good. is just so fun. Yeah, it feels real. That's what that it it, it feels like. Uh, it feels like they actually care about each other. And they actually look out for each other. They're just, they're so similar in their mindset that, like, their thought processes make sense to one another. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, so, yeah, Billy and Christy get crowned king, you know, prom king and queen, puke. Um, puke. And then, yeah, and then Roby's like, um, do you think since this is the last week of school he would dance with me? And then Michelle, this is so funny, says, yeah, yeah, no one's going to say no to anyone tonight. And then Sandy Frank asks her to dance, and she just says no. no. Who in turn says no to Heather, who asks him to dance, who then takes it out on Toby by telling her to fuck, fuck off. off. Yes, yeah. just very consistent Again, hierarchy. Again, hierarchy, yeah. It's, 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 it's just shitty. that You don't do that. I would, I would dance with Frank. Okay. Yeah, I would dance with pretty much anyone who asked me. I mean, why the hell not? What does it hurt? Yeah. Uh, I'll ask you later. Unless he's an... <laughs> thank you. Unless, like, the person's, like, an asshole or a creep or something. If he's nice I'm, about it, it's one dance. I'm both like, those things, and I still got you. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> Refor- reformed. Uh, slightly reformed on, on... Yeah. Reformed on creep. Slightly reformed on asshole. <laughs> or slightly reformed on both. Let's move on. Who cares? I'm disgusting. But, yeah, um, yeah so, so Heather goes outside to smoke, and she sees the smoking cowboy outside um, for the second time, <laughs> who, throw, you, who again throws a butt to her, you know, uses his sig to uh, Played by her. Justin. Yeah, Justin Thoreau. Oh, that, this is, okay, this is when Romy asks Billy to dance. Go ahead. Yeah, that's when he, uh, and it doesn't, doesn't go, doesn't go well. He, he agrees, but yeah, he, he spoke, sorry, he... He agrees, but he doesn't do it. As far as I remember, if I'm wrong, then you'll tell me. Yeah, he says, you know, according to Romy, he said, sure, why not? But then he had to go check with his girlfriend. And then he, his girlfriend says, no, no, I don't want you doing that. No, actually, what Christy does is she goes up to Romy and says, you know, that Billy broke up with me and realized that he's in love with you. And like, she's a super dramatic. Oh about shit. It. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's right. But yeah. then they both bail on Billy's bike as Roman and Michelle, Romy and Michelle are waiting for him to come dance with Romy as time after time plays. And then it finally just, they kind of realize, okay, this isn't going to happen. And Michelle being a great friend says, you know, I'll dance with you, Romy. So they dance together. And that's a sweet moment. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they think that their lack of, Achievements will go well at the reunion, but it won't. What? <laughs> they think their lack of achievements will go well at the reunion, but it won't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, they could they convince themselves that they have a pretty cool life. You know, Romy's just like, yeah, we're in LA and they're still stuck in Tucson. We're gonna blow them away. But then they, um, I, I don't know if this is a real thing, but apparently there's a questionnaire of some kind where they have to answer questions like, you know, relationship status, what's your job, etc. 
and then they realize that like they don't have great jobs and they're both single and then um so sad yeah and then they're just like yeah our lives don't seem as impressive as i thought and you know what's the point of going if we're not going to impress people and they're at that restaurant and uh they have to realize oh yeah we're not this is not great we have to think of something that's gonna make us seem fucking cool even though she's fucking she's unemployed it's so sad. Okay, we're, and then they say, ooh, we're going to get, uh, you try and get a better job, and I will try and get us some dates. Yeah, Ro- yeah Romy's like, all we need is better jobs and boyfriends, right? But then Michelle, actually being logical, is like, um, if those things were easy to get, wouldn't we already have, have them? them? <laughs> and she's she's just like, well, you know, we've never had, you know, the motivation, like, from this re- reunion anymore, you know? We, we've never really had, you know, a fire lit under our ass before. That's, that, that yeah, that's why. Like, that's, that's kind of a coat. Do you agree with that? No. <laughs> but then she she tell she tells Michelle like well, you know you get a job and I'll get us some boyfriends. How you're supposed to get a boyfriend for another person? I really don't know. I mean, uh, unless you want to, yeah, unless you know that person really well and can match make them. But I, I I mean you can, but it's just really yeah. And they 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 have awkward. two weeks to accomplish this. Yeah. You can't do that in two weeks. Oh, yeah, and then then, then Romy's all like, yeah, and we need to lose weight. First of all, no, they really don't. And they she really take, don't. She takes a chip from Michelle and puts it back in the bag, and Michelle's just like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that one chip would have made that much of a difference. <laughs> it wasn't even a whole chip. <laughs> there's, uh, there's some legit funny moments between the two of them. Their chemistry is off the charts, and you really believe that. There's a lot of great line deliveries in this. <laughs> Going to different... By... Trying to go to different gyms. So Michelle's trying to get a really cool, impressive job. So she shows up um, at Versace on Rodeo, yeah. and she tells the uh, you know the manager, the guy behind the thing, she's like, "Yeah, I know yeah. the whole Versace line, and I can sell the shit out of this stuff." Just funny, yeah. I... Yeah, and then she tells you know customer like, "Oh, that looks really good on you," and she's like, "Yeah, see, I can tell, I'm really good at telling people that things look you know really good on them when." They're just kind of meh. And then... The and that's like, like everybody... Anybody can do that. That's... Yeah, yeah. And then the lady turns and it's like, oh, I think I think she heard me. And then the guy's like, yeah, I don't think that we're going to be hiring any, any new staff. And she's like, what? And he's like, no employees. And she's like, oh, staff. Okay, well then, you know, you shouldn't let people fill out I actually agree with this part. Yeah, I know. Businesses do that. They're like, oh, well, we like to keep stuff on file so that we can call people when we do. It's like, first of all, no, you fucking don't for the most part. No, you don't. Maybe maybe, like really big companies do that, but I don't think retail does that. So it's kind of just, I think he was more kind of letting her down gently. Easier, like, yeah, like but... instead of saying we're not hiring you, he's just saying we're not hiring. Period. Yeah, I know what they were trying to do. I'm just against it. Yeah. So Romy's at the dance club trying to pick up two boyfriends, one for her, one for her friend, and then what? You know, this creeper asks her to dance, and she's just like, "Yeah, I would, but my shoes filling up with blood." <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, I'm gonna. Not that anybody would ask me to dance ever, but I'll remember that in case anybody asks me to do anything I don't want to do. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to hearing about it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you don't have to ask me to dance, man. You can just, just oh, dance. Oh, okay. I, I, I bet, like, well, what, whatever you don't want to do, you could just say that to me. Yeah. I would, babe, but my shoe's filling up with blood. Yeah. That's why I can't do the dishes. That's why That's why I'm not bleeding up. Anyway. Oh, and then she, she even goes to an AA meeting to try and find guys. This is so fucking sad. Don't go. That's not a good place to go to pick up. I mean, it's. 
it's, it's if you actually want a decent part drunk. of the AA thing that the the first year in recovery you're like not supposed yeah to you're not supposed to be in any sort of relationship it's not healthy you need to be focusing on yourself and getting away from the demon rum yeah and then Michelle gets a job at a really <laughs> shitty discount outlet that's really, really it's bad. really sh- uh, uh, yeah uh, it's like she's one of our regulars <laughs> about the kids are screaming and everything's a mess it's a asking nightmare. about the shoe yeah Angela I'm gonna take the shoe she just goes in between the uh, between between them and say I want this shoe I want this. And the, the older guy's like that's one of our regulars so you wanna treat her with like yeah, and the shoes are like yeah nine dollars a pair. Yeah. Then Romy she tr- she auditions for a singled out, which kind of dates the movie, but it's still really fun. Um, and then the the chick at the table is just like, yeah, our cutoff is twenty five. Try VH one. <laughs> Being twenty, it's, it's, shut up. Being twenty eight is not. It's, oh God. You're 28. You have to go to VH one to get like which didn't have any dating shows dating, at that time. I don't think. Yeah. I, not that I can Until they of. had, like, Rock of Love and shit like that. Yeah, and that was 2001, 2002. Thank I believe, you, Early 2000s, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, they're at, they're at the gym again. They keep going to the gym, <laughs> wearing very non-gym clothes. Yeah. Wearing mini skirts, and, you know, then, you know, Mira Sorvino's getting pissed off about the whole situation, and she's like, well, I'm gonna go weigh myself. And she's like, I'm killing, I've been killing myself for eight days, and I gained a pound. And Michelle's like, well, did you deduct 16 pounds from your shoes? Because they were those massive platforms. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Six- Dude, just wearing 16-pound shoes, that's a workout in and of itself. You would lose weight just from walking around in those damn things. Yeah. But do not work out in them. That is but don't, just that's not gonna help your feet. No. Um... <laughs> Oh, and then they're looking at Vogue, and Michelle's talking about, like, oh, wow, those, you know, those CEOs look really great. And then R- Romy's just like, Michelle, those aren't really the CEOs. They're just models. And, then and that sparks her idea. Yeah, and then it's, like, light bulb, and she's like, oh. We can just fake it. She's like, oh, we can just go to the reunion and pretend to be successful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. All I need is some. Like everybody else does. All I need is an expensive car and. She's us just, to show up in business suits and people will believe any of the bullshit that comes out of our mouths. Pretty much. She's just like, yeah, idea. Michelle, you make us the outfits and I'll get us a cool car. Which is like, dude, if she can like make the outfits that we've seen, even then these like businesswoman outfits, it's like, yes. You can wear that to a you fucking should, You should interview. definitely have a... Yes, you could wear that to an interview, but I'm thinking you oh. could definitely be working in a fashion house of some kind. Oh, of course. Because yeah, that too. Yeah. Or... or <laughs> I mean, I guess, Sorry. I guess, you could wear that to an interview. Me thinking small. Yeah. <laughs> Put on that cool outfit while you go and get interviewed by a fat man. <laughs> Trying to sell other people ties. I mean, I know Etsy wasn't a thing at the time, but, you know. Yeah. You could, you could possibly sell something to a boutique. Especially if you're living on in Venice. It, it just uh, take out the, some of the fucking shit on the fucking beach oh, and just say, oh, hey, yeah, I'd like to sell I, this. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much those little um, stands are to um, are to rent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Although, I mean, you know, that's that's usually really touristy stuff. Um, yeah, you know. but still, you come to L.A., you get some L.A. clothing or gear that yeah, is authentic. Yeah, I mean, they definitely you could can get a stand gear. at, like, Santiali or somewhere like that. Or even... Yeah, yeah, yeah but I've seen, like, uh, you just need a kiosk and some fucking, uh... And some, uh... 
mall? Oh, clothes holders, or like on the at the Grove or somewhere like that. Yeah, and just and just put stick. You could just still stick it there on Venice Beach. Anyway, we're getting away from the thing. But, yeah, we are getting away from the thing. Uh, but <laughs> Romy borrows a. Uh, do you want to get into this? If she you, borrows you the go, uh, the car. If she. Uh, there's this guy who whose name is Jose. Yeah, I think Jose. It's Ramon. Ramon, I Jesus feel bad. Christ, Christ what a fucking dickhead. She only says it for Ramon. Times in the she scene. all right. So Ramon, and she really wants to get a uh, car from Ramon. She knows that Ramon. Ramon, that's his name. Ramon. Yeah, he just got a really good deal from the owner of the dealership on a Jaguar S. XJS convertible. Yeah, which, which she is wants incredible. to borrow from him. And so it's, it, that's actually really smart. It's not one of the dealership's cars that they're like stealing or anything. It's something that he just bought. Yeah, and uh, and he really wants Ramon. His name is Ramon. Yes, it he is. He really wants to. He, he really wants to make it with her. To use nineteen fifties language, <laughs> yes. you know, oh, he's gonna make it. Uh, he wants to make it with her, and so he's kind of he's he's uh, he's bordering on some some territory, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, well, uh, I will do this for you, but you gotta do do something for me." And and the cost that she uses f- to get that fucking car is kind of kind of uh, sad. Yeah, why don't you tell us about it, Michael? Why don't you tell us about it, Michael? Uh, having her having his <laughs> other coworkers think that they're fucking. In, in the room and making a whole bunch of noises and uh, comments about how yeah. big and fantastic and great lovemaker he is yeah, as, a, at as first, a man. At first he like kind of intimates like, you know, bang me and I'll let you borrow the car. And she's like, I'm not going to have sex with you for a car. And he's like, well, I got to get something. So they go into the back room we're, we're, and she's just, you know, saying things like, oh, you are Columbus and I am America. Discover me, Ramon. Is that an earthquake? No, it's yeah, Ramon. Ramon. And I love it at the end. She's like, oh, I'm coming. Okay, thanks. Get off me now. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. and he gives a look and she's like, well, you wanted it to be believable. Yeah, that, which is believable. It's very authentic, too. And then she, yeah, and then she shows up at their apartment with the convertible and Michelle's all stuck. She's like, dude, that's awesome. What'd you have to do to get the car? And and Roby's like, oh, I gave all the service guys hand jobs. And then Michelle just flits past that and she's just like, oh, well, while you were doing that, I taped all the nostalgic uh, songs off the radio to get us in the mood. And Romy's just like, you You think I would I would do that for a car? A car? <laughs> and Michelle's just like, yes. Ah, you said it, yeah, so sure, I believed why, you. Yeah, sure, why not? Whatever. Whatever. You, uh, you said it, so there you go. Um... <laughs> And they, she, Michelle makes the outfits. They look great. The outfits look yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, they're fantastic. Awesome. I would wear totally. I would totally wear both of these suits. Now I, I would wear. You would wear them now, right? You need yeah, they're doesn't classic. Need to they're be very 97. like Donna Karen esque. If I had anywhere to wear a suit, which I do not. Um, yep. Yeah. Wear a suit wherever you want. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're a. Uh, they get in the car. They but, put on the mixtape. Footloose is the, is the first song. They realize that they do not know any of hardly any of the lyrics, and then it stops. Yeah, and the car keeps backfiring. And we weren't really sure whether or not she was not she wasn't driving it well, or if the car was completely you know something wrong. With yeah, the, maybe she with just didn't know how to drive a stick. But it seems like the car just kept backfiring. Yeah. Which is, well, after that entire whole rigmarole, the car is such a fucking piece of, just, it just has so much fucking trouble. Well, that's it's why so he got sad. a good deal on it from the owner, because yeah. it, it needs work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they get, they, uh, they decide 
to claim that they're the inventors of the post-it note together on their way there. Well, they, yeah, they, um, they show up at, like, some cafe on their way to get food. Yeah. And there, there's a whole discussion about, like, what should we... How? Well, I was gonna say first what they're what they're asking the server oh, is yeah, yeah um, I think it's Ruby's just like do you have some some sort of businesswoman special because we're business business women and the waitress <laughs> is just like we don't have anything like that, that and she's just like okay can we get burgers fries and cokes um, and then the ladies just you know because we have to you know we have to be in Tucson you know for for business we have a business thing in Tucson a business thing in and then Tucson. and then the server's just kind of like well. Okay, what kind of business are you in? And then they're like, "Oh shit, we hadn't even thought of that." Yeah, and that's gonna be a bit. You would think that they would want to think about what they're fucking inventing or what their fucking business is they're, to fucking show off they, the shit. They were too busy thinking of too, the clothes in the car. Yeah, it's just like, oh, as long as we have cool shit and say we're big business women, people will believe us. They're not gonna ask for clarification <laughs> or specifics of any kind. That's hilarious. I really want to check how far. Oh my gosh! Oh, how far uh, Venice is to Tucson? At uh, driving, yeah, it is seven hours and thirty-five minutes. Oh shit! So that's that's a good um, handful of yeah. That's that's a that's a longer that's a longer thing. You would have to leave pretty early to yeah. Anyway, indeed. But uh, so go ahead, babe. So they so they come come up with the idea of post. Uh, we're going to in- we're the one who invents invented a po- post-it notes. Yeah, yeah. Ruby's just like, uh, let's say we invented something that nobody knows who who invented, invented. it. And, oh yeah, post-it note, post-it note <laughs> that no one will and no one will question. They think that oh, no one's gonna question that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And then, you know, Ruby's just like, oh, we'll say we were working in an advertising agency after college. And Michelle's like, ooh, college, good one. <laughs> college, that makes sense. And we ran out of paper clips. And um, I had this idea, like, oh, it, it wouldn't it be great if there were, like, some stickum on the back of this paper so we could just put it on without a paper clip. And then you have a grandfather and uncle who owns a paper mill. And then we, you know, the rest is history. And they and they get into and Michelle's kind of pissed. She's like, "Okay, yeah. so it sounds like you just invented post-its on your own, and mm. I was just there." And she's like, "Well, it was your grandfather or uncle." And she's like, "Okay, was... fine. What if we say that you're the designer? Like I, designer it, like I invented note. them, but it was your idea to make them yellow." <laughs> but Michelle is not <laughs> super happy with this. Thing to say. <laughs> yeah, and they go and they get really pissed off about something that. Yeah, I, it's I very, know. It's very, very silly. I, uh, yeah. Oh, and post-it notes introduced into the world in 1977. Okay, so, so it's they, not even... So they had no, <laughs> no chance of, of anyone believing this because post-its had been around long, long ago. <clears throat> and then, you know, Michelle gets all pissed off and gets out of the car. And she's just like, you know what? I let you have the ideas so you won't feel bad that I'm cuter. I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. And like, and, um, and Rhoda's just like, no way, you're the Jewish one. And, you know, and Michelle, you know, you can't even get a job. I carry you. So, and then they're just like, well, you know what? Once we get to Tucson, we're through. We're through. So they're having like a friendship breakup. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And so sad. Get this. Uh, I, I, it's just, 
I, I know it's for the purposes of the movie, but it just seems like such a silly argument to get pissed off about. But you know. Well, yeah, they're kind, they're kind of silly people, babe. Yeah, they're not so serious think? people. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, they once they reach the reunion, they decide to go their separate. Yeah, go their separate ways. Yeah. Once they actually get there, I. <laughs> so, here's where I. I think i lost it because i thought this was the actual reunion but it's not it's some sort of fucking dream goddamn thing that right well, I, well sure but they don't let us know that until the until end, late, the or, end or, yes. or, or, or toward the midway point so she, claiming that yeah michelle here's Roby saying i invented the post-it all by myself i was like oh fuck well that's certainly that's and now she had uh, now Michelle has to think of something that's equally as intense and and wonderful and really uh, that's really uh, oh, such a wealthy idea. And I wasn't it uh, didn't she talk herself into uh, super glue? If I'm not mistaken, no, or, babe. Or, they, she was sticking. Shit. She was sticking with the post-its thing. You know, she claimed that, you know, she was talking to the, oh, shit. Yeah. the A group, and, you know, um, she goes up to Christy, and she's like, oh, did you do it? Are you an anchor? And Christy's like, no, I'm a weather girl. <laughs> so sad. And, um, you know, then Michelle says that she invented Post-its, and they're like, um, no offense, M- Michelle, but how in the world did you think of Post-its? And Michelle's just like, uh... And, you know, that, that's what she hears Romy say. Like, I thought of them all by myself. I mean, all Michelle did was say, what about making them yellow? And then um, Michelle's like, oh, fuck this mess. So she turns back to them. And she's like, well, actually, I invented a special type of glue. And Chrissy's just like, uh, really? Uh, wouldn't you mind giving us a detailed account on exactly how you concocted this miracle glue? Yeah. And then Michelle's like, uh, okay, so... Ordinarily, when you make glue, first you need to thermoset your resin, and then after it cools, you have to mix it in epoxide, which is really just a fancy schmancy name for any simple oxygenated adhesive, yeah. right? And then I thought maybe, just maybe, you could raise the viscosity by adding a complex glucose derivative during the emulsification process, and it turns out I was right. <laughs> which is just so fucking great. Yeah. It's really one. It's really a wonderful performance by by Lisa. It's really good. I like it a lot. Anyway, and then you know they're like, "Well, you must be the most successful person in our graduating class." And Michelle's just like, "Yeah, and you're not." Which is also just a great delivery. And also, just isn't that something that you would totally want to say to anybody? Sure, of course, definitely. That's definitely true. Oh gosh, Sa- uh, Sandy. Fink is a... Uh, Frank. 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 <laughs> Makes me uh, think of uh, Simpsons character. Yes. Uh, probably referencing anyway. But... Uh, and uh, it, it has become... He's become a different guy. He has a different face. And I was thinking, okay, you're... Is that Alan Cup? Yeah, is that yeah. Alan you thought Cullen? it was. You thought it was a different actor. I thought it was a different actor until I got a uh, got a better look. He he hits on. Uh, yeah. So Romy's in the car with Billy Christensen. They're yeah. you know flirting, making out type thing. And Michelle comes up to Romy, and Romy blows her off. And then Michelle's like, "Oh, fine." And then she gets run over by a limo. Yeah. And then, 
a guy comes out of the limo and is like, oh, you're bleeding. I have many boxes of tissues in my car, you know, come into my limo. And then she does get in the limo. And one, we find out at Sandy Frank. Two, yeah. we do find out that he ha- he does have a shit ton of boxes of tissues in that limo. Yeah. He really did. A lot. A lot of tissues. And then, you know, um, he's just like, well, yeah, I decided, you know, I, I thought a bunch of money. I decided to get a new face. Michelle's just like, well, you picked a really good one. <laughs> And it's just Alan coming with, like, the most bizarre facial prosthetics. Yeah. it it He looked really fat in the cheeks, I want to say. Yeah, it just, it really changed his facial structure. And it was, it was just very surreal in Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Uh, and they both get, uh, both Romy and Michelle both get the award of... Well, okay, oh, yeah, so... Go ahead. so... Sorry. So Christy goes to the car where Romy and Billy are asked Billy to dance and he's like and she's like, um he's like, Oh no, no thanks, I owe this one to Romy, so that's kind of making up for when he blew her off at prom. And then oh uh, Michelle and Sandy Frank are like full on making out in the limo. She's like taking her top off, um, and she's in just her bra. And then Toby comes up to the moon roof, which yeah. you don't do when someone's making out in a limo. Oh, and she's like, Well they're about to announce the winners of the vote. And Michelle's just like, what vote? Well, okay, I guess I go in. And she she does, she goes in in just her bra, like it's totally no biggie. And then they announce the winner of the vote, and the vote is for the winner of the most changed for the better since high, high school. school which and of is course, not a real Romy one. and Michelle win. And Romy, you know, makes out with Billy on stage. And um, Michelle, um, she goes on stage. <laughs> And she gets a medal, and she's still in just her bra, and she just goes into the mic, and she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't find my top. And everybody claps, and Billy Christensen and Sandy Frank, they pull them both off um, on opposite sides of the stage, and then they leave in different cars with the different guys, Yeah. and they have really gone their separate ways, and then we get a Chiron that says, you know, 70, 70, years, 70 years later. later. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> and... So they'd be in like their nineties. They're via their nineties, and they're all like they are all super decrepit. They all look, they all uh, uh, the makeup in this scene is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Really good. And More prosthetics on Mister Cumming, yes. Yeah, and uh, it's they're still arguing over this. Uh, they're still like she gets a call and like I want you, no you're the they get ooh I'd like to talk to your friend and. No, you're the Mary. God damn it. Fuck off, Michael. Yeah, no, it's, it's, remember the actor playing Billy Christensen answers the video call phone. Yeah. Michelle was like looking at her, her medal and she's married to Sandy Frank. And he's like, oh, are you, are you looking at your medal again from the, um, from the reunion? And she's like, oh, you know, I really, I really should call Romy. And then the actor that plays Billy Christensen answered the phone and it's like, oh, Billy Jr. And he's. Oh, you know, is that you? And he's like, oh, no, um, Bill, you know, Billy's like my grandfather. So it's like their grandson. That's how fucking old they are. That's how old they are. Um, unless it, unless it is Billy Jr. And it's just I thought it was Billy Jr. They originally, they say, originally she says, oh, Billy, you look great. It's good to see you. And then she's, uh, and then the guy says, oh, I'm. I'm Billy Jr. You want to talk to my? Yeah. You want to talk to my so dad. yeah, so Romy and Billy Christensen got also got married yeah, and had of Billy Jr. Yeah, <clears throat> and then it's like, oh, okay, you can talk to my mom, but she's on her deathbed, <laughs> which is just a bizarre thing to say. Um, 
So yeah, then they have they have that same fight, and you know she's like, oh, can we be? You know Michelle's like, oh, can we be friends again? Or I yeah, yeah, which which what which one says it? I forget. Uh, oh, and is it Romy that says like, no, not not until you admit not that I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. Yeah. And then Michelle's just like, no, you're just a pasty hag on her deathbed. I'm Mary. I'm the Mary. She yeah. starts telling uh, fucking out, uh, Frank, uh, Frank, saying, I, I am the Mary. And, uh, Frank's like, I know what he is. I, or giving that fucking vibe to trying to calm down his fucking wife or whatever. To say, ooh, I know that you're the Mary. No, we yeah. all know that you're the Mary. Yeah, and then we, then we see Michelle waking up in the car by herself. So we know now that that was a dream. And and Romy didn't even wake her up. She just like left her asleep in the car and went to the reunion. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, yeah, uh, Romy starts to tell the post-it story. Well, yeah, she walks in and she's just like, "Hey, has anybody seen Billy Christensen?" And some rando just says, "Try the bar," and Romy's like, "Thanks, man." Thanks, man. I got it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they see it. She goes to the she goes to the bar. Where's the thing? All right, fuck. Well, now now Michelle is awake, so she goes she goes in, and you have to go and like get your name tag, and then Catherine Mannheim is like, oh, it's it's Michelle Weinberger, it's me, Toby. And Michelle's just like, uh-huh. uh-huh. And then um, Toby's all like, well, where's Romy? And Michelle's like, uh, I don't know. We're not even friends anymore. We had this big falling out over post its. It's a long story. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, she's selfish, and she always devalues me. Um, and then she's like, God, you guys are easy to talk to. And we find out now she's just talking to the foreign exchange students who probably yeah. don't speak much English, I think, is the joke. Although, uh, if you were a foreign exchange student in an American high school... And you, you probably bother, would have some... And uh, you bothered to come back to the reunion, you're the probably English. fluent in English. Yeah, you're pro- you have some grasp of the, of, uh, of the American language and all its beauty. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, they, uh... The, uh, meanwhile, all three of the women are freaking pregnant. Uh, the A group is pregnant. Yeah, they're all about to pop. And we find out that the the outsider popular girl is now an editor at Vogue. The, uh, Vogue, yes. Which is uh, very impressive. And uh, it's, you know, oh, God. They, uh, yeah, Ro- so, yeah, Romy goes goes up to the A group. And um, the Christy like sees her name tag and is like, "Oh, Romy White. Oh, you're the chubby girl." And Romy's like, "Yeah, I haven't been in a long time." Oh wow! And she's like, "Not oh, wow. even tw- ten years ago was she chubby." None of the oh, God. Yeah, and then Christy says something about you know the the bun in the oven being number three, and then Romy's yeah. just like, "Oh wow, three kids. You must feel very tied down." And Christy's like super on the defensive. She's like, "No, I feel very fulfilled. Besides, Billy always wanted a big family." Okay, and Billy is works in real estate, so we know how fucking that's, slick he that's is. What, that's what Christy says. That, at least that's what he says, yeah. Um, uh, fi- uh, ha- uh, Heather g- uh, gets there eventually. Well, too, that, yeah. that, that's, remember, that's when Christy asks oh, yeah. Romy what she does. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Ha- uh, and then Heather still uh, says the thing about... Well, okay, so then Chris. Tr- Christy asks Romy what she does, and she's like, oh, I invented post-its. And they're and like they they're not impressed. They think it's a joke. They're just like, no, really. What do you do? And she's just like, that's what I do. I invented post-its. 
just fucking hilarious. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, I, I made a ton of money. And then one of the A-group girls is like, oh, you know who else made a ton of money? Sandy Frank. He invented a rubber used in um, all, like, every tennis shoe. And then, you know, Romy's, like, trying to bring the attention back to herself. Just like, oh, if anyone needs to make a call, I have a phone. Because, yeah, she she bought a flip phone, but probably doesn't have any service. So you might not want to offer that out. No, you don't. Just as, as an accessory to the whole, you know, successful businesswoman suit. And, yeah, that's when Heather Mooney shows up. And uh, looking for uh, looking for Sandy. Yeah, now that she knows that he's not married to Michelle, it's like, okay, maybe maybe I'll show up and, you know, yeah. check him out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He- he- <laughs> yeah, Heather reveals the yeah. actual inventor's yeah, she name. Blows up, yeah, she blows up Romy's spot. Go yeah, ahead. which is type of, which is shitty, but, you know, she didn't know what was going on. She wasn't hip to the thing right away. Yeah, because she's just like, um... She, you know, they're like, oh, Heather, what do you do? And she tells tells them, you know, that, she, yeah, she invented the quick ring paper for the Lady Fair cigarettes. And then, you know, the Christie's like, oh, we have a lot of inventors in our class. Romy here invented posters. And she's like, no, she didn't. No, she and, didn't. And then Romy's like, well, who did? And she knows the name of the guy because she's like, yeah, the guy at 3M, I, we studied him in business school. And then, you know, the A group, of course, is, you know, they're just, you know, tittering over the fact that she told such a silly lie. Yeah, and they taunt, uh, you know, and Michelle uh, defends her, and, you know, uh, af- after Christy is uh, being mean to Romy, Mich- Michelle. Oh, yeah, I love I love that line. So, yeah, Michelle pretty much comes to save Romy. And, she and you know, she's just like, you know, yeah, you know, at least we're not the ones who got fat. And Christy's all like, we're not fat, we're pregnant. And then Michelle's just like, yeah, well... I hope your babies look like monkeys. <laughs> Which I've heard that, I've heard that phrase, I've seen that as a meme, I've seen that as like a, <laughs> yeah. a small video thing as a reply to that shit. But uh, yeah, that's, that really, that, that made me laugh a lot. Yeah, so Michelle's trying to, you know, she's trying to make up with, with Romy because she's just like, this whole thing is bullshit. She's like, yeah, I hate that we're not friends anymore. You are as cuter than me. You are. And in some cultures, maybe cuter. And, you know, in my dream, I did know the formula for glue. (laughs) That's great. This is a funny callback to that bit. That's a great moment, yeah. They, and they, uh, uh, they decide, hey, we should just be ourselves. We're great. We're wonderful. Well, Christy goes on stage, and and I don't know if this is, like, par for the course at a high school reunion. I hope not, because it's really shitty. Because she, like... She's, like, probably the organizer or something, which is why she gets to go on stage. And, you know, she's introducing some of the classmates and their compliments. And then she's like, oh, yeah, and then there's Romy and Michelle, who said that they invented post-its. Which is fucking awful to do. I yeah. don't know why and you like, would want Ro- yeah, go ahead. I don't know why you would want to do that to another human being. Because she's a me- she's cool. a high school mean girl who never grew up and has nothing going on except for having babies. Um... And that's when, you know, Michelle, you know, she bails, she's super humiliated. And that's when Michelle's just like, you know, I never knew that we weren't that great in high school because we always had so much fun together. And until you told me, I thought that everything since high school had also been a blast. So I don't know what the fuck. And that's when, um, 
And that's when they decide to just be themselves, you know. Um, She's like, we're going to go back in there and we're going to show them what's what and we're just going to be ourselves. And then uh, Romy's like, I've never seen you like this before, Michelle. You're so bossy and domineering. I like it. And Michelle's like, me too. Yeah, it's really nice. So then, yeah, then they change into these really cute, shiny pink and blue mini dresses. Why am I having trouble remembering what's next? The Heather eventually... Fesses up and is nice and apologizes for 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 call, uh, for not uh, for calling them out and real and saying, "Hey, you didn't have you didn't actually invent post its." That was that was a nice thing to fucking remember. I fucking forgot how. Yeah, well, so so they're they're all they're all dressed up, looking cute as shit, and then the A group is still talking smack about their outfits. And, you know, Romy goes up to Christy and says, you know, why are you such a nasty bitch? I don't care if you don't like us, because we don't like you. You're a bad person with an yeah. ugly heart, oh, and yeah. I don't give a flying fuck what you think. Yeah. Yeah, that's when Christy talks some shits about how they look ridiculous, and then the, you know, Vogue editor chick says, like, no, they're actually really not that bad. They have good lines, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> And then, you know, Christy calls her a dried-up career woman, and, you know, blah, 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 the rest of us are happily married, and, you know, then, you know, Vogue chick is just like, yeah, keep telling yourself that. Yeah. And... And that's when, that's when, when Heather Moody comes up, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry that I, you know, gave away your lie, I was just so jealous of you guys in high school, you with your long hair, and you with your long legs, and whipping around your long hair, and walking on your long legs, and, you know, Sandy and Fr- Cindy, yeah, Sandy liked- Frank, you know, how could he possibly resist you? Yeah, how, uh, and Sandy should like me, and I was kind of pissed, up. yeah, exactly. And, and, and Heather's just like, yeah, you, you made your life hell, and I didn't even know that while you were making my life hell, the A group was making your life Hierarchy, hell. Hierarchy, like you were talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then Michelle's just like, oh, I bet in high school, everybody made somebody's life hell. And then Heather's like, not me, never got the opportunity. And then Michelle's just like, yeah, you know, I bet you're wrong, because you were really unpleasant. And then, you know. Yeah. Uh, Toby, um, uh, she comes up and she's like, oh, Heather, would you please sign my yearbook? And please don't tell me to fuck off because that really hurts my feelings. And then that's when Heather gets kind of a like, light bulb. Like, oh, I hurt your feelings in high school. And I had that power? Yeah, she's just like, oh, I also made you feel like shit. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. You go get your get go get your yearbook. I'll sign it. This is great. I had somebody that I also made feel like shit. Which is yeah, like, I guess she's which, which I guess she's just glad to realize that she wasn't the bottom in the hierarchy. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you never really notice the people below you. Of course not, no. Unless, of course, you're in the A group because when you're on the top of the hierarchy, I guess you can see all the way down. But I guess the idea is that if you're in the middle, you only see what's above you. Yeah. yeah, and you don't see what's below. You don't really want to look at your own. Because yeah, if you're not behavior. on top, you feel like you're on the bottom, which yeah. which can make sense in in a high school way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's when Sandy Frank lands in his helicopter. Um, Toby comes in and and tells everybody that, and Heather gets all. I love how she gets super excited, like, "Oh my god, Sandy Frank is here and he's single," yeah. which is like just because he's not married to his high school crush doesn't mean he's single. But she gets super excited, and then you know. Alan Cumming, being his badass self, he gets out of his uh his helicopter, and that's when Heather's like, "Oh, that Sandy Frank? What the hell was I thinking?" Because yeah. it's very like, like hindsight rose-colored glasses. Yeah, just she likes something about him in high school, so she built him up, and re- probably remembered him being, I guess, hotter than that he really was, or she's just matured and her tastes had changed, and was like, "Oh shit." 
but it's like I can kind of see this happening without social media. Like, do they do they even have high school reunions anymore? Because I ever since like Facebook and Instagram, I can't. I don't fathom. see anybody. I don't want. I mean, I don't want to see the people I see on a regular basis anyway. If I look at Facebook, so it's not really a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like if I wanted to look you up and see what you're up to, it's like I, I can. Could, yeah, like we could. Like, yeah. like, no reason to travel and make a whole fucking thing of it. And also, it's like, yeah, you have DMs and everything, so if you wanted to meet up with someone from high school for some reason, you, you can do it on your own. You which, which I guess, theoretically, with telephones, you always could have, but you wouldn't think to. I don't know. Yeah. I don't... Anyway. I never I never got the nostalgia about that. Yeah. And I never really had any, like, r- real great, fun memories of high school anyway, so... Anyway, but she, uh, Heather, we also find out, also treats, uh, she treated two people like shit. She treated the fucking, uh, Toby like shit, and she treated the cowboy not great, either. Because he uh, wouldn't talk to her because, because he had a stutter. Because he was so afraid. Yeah. Now, he, uh, Sandy, uh, admits that he still loves, Mich- uh, that he still well, loves Well, so, well, so, yeah, so, uh, Heather does go out for a smoke, and then meets up with is, is that where she be? Oh no, it's later. It's later. That's a little bit later. It's later. You're right. You're yeah. you're on the right. And Michelle. Track. You yeah, and uh, they ask her to dance with him, and they dance. I mean, Michelle. And she's like, only if Romy can dance with us. Yeah, which is not which is nice. Yes, is. and uh, have an interpretive dance to City Loppers time after time, which is really call back to time after great. time with with some really cute little like kind of. Um, uh, uh, modern dance choreo, and I like how the girls are barefoot there. I wonder they were wearing such gnarly shoes. I bet yeah. that they couldn't do this little dance. I don't know just... if you would want to do any sort of fucking dancing in those shoes. I mean, no. other than just like moving your upper body, there isn't really a lot you can do with those types of shoes. But yeah, they're doing they're doing some yeah barefoot modern dancing, kind of tiptoeing around all three of them together, and it's really cute. And that's when Heather rolls her eyes and bails. Uh, the dance ends in a tableau. And, yeah, that's when Heather's out smoking, and then she sees the Justin Throw cowboy. Yeah. And also, they do receive a huge applause by the by the dancing that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everybody everybody claps, everybody's into it, because it was a sweet thing, and everybody except the uh, three girls in the A group are kind of over all their high school bitchery. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's when... Um, the, Heather and the cowboy, they have a pretty, they have kind of an interesting conversation. Yeah. Where he's just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you're right. I was just kind of a a redneck jackass. Plus, you know, I only said about eight words in high school because I had such a bad stutter. And she's like, oh, that's why you wouldn't talk to me. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's like, not because you were an asshole. It's because you were embarrassed. Oh, so they're kind of gaining a little insight on each other. And, and then they go to some, they go to some random place and just hardcore make out, which and, we see later. And uh, also, uh, and Billy is not a uh, is not what they oh, brought true. him up to be. He's uh, he's an overweight alcoholic now, and he is not a great dude. He's kind of fucking disgusting. Oh yeah, Sandy and the girls go out to bail in his chopper, and they find Billy puking in the bushes. Yeah, and uh, there, and that's when Romy's like, "Oh, Billy Christensen," and he's just like, "Oh yeah, hey, weren't you guys totally in love with me in high school?" And Michelle's like, "Uh, she was," and then he hits on Romy, and he's like, "Well, you want to get a room?" and and Romy's like, "But but you're married," and he's like, well, "Yeah, but to Christy," and he's like. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I work, you know, working for Christie's father. Yeah, I work, I work for her that. dad, and he's like, he, he meant, he uh, admits he doesn't even know if the latest he's, kid is even his, his which, which is, is fucking dark. Yeah, and Romy says, okay, go ahead, get that room, but then they all get in the chopper anyway, and they go and they say, okay, yeah, and he's like, he's really thinking it's gonna happen, and he's like anxious well, he's and still, wanting, and he's, he's drunk, drunk as fuck, yeah, yeah. and so. 
But they fucking leave them and then just go, you know. Yeah, they get in the chopper. The chopper takes takes off. Uh, Michelle and Sandy Freak start making out. And, oh, they make out um, a little bit before they got, get on the chopper. Yeah. And Michelle's just like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't bring your notebook with you. Which is a callback that he would always have his notebook around Michelle because he would get a boner. Yeah. So it's like they're making out and he has a boner. So that's we get that joke. Yeah. Then Christy, she comes out of the reunion um, asking, you know, yelling for Billy. She doesn't know where he is. Because he's in some, you know, one of the hotel rooms waiting for Romy who's not coming. They, you know, they fly away in the chopper. They find Heather and the cowboy making out in the hills. And then? Then, uh, and, and then six months later, it's, uh, it's time for, it's time to find out what they've, uh, done with their lives. And they're now working at a, uh, at one of Sandy's many businesses, uh, many businesses working at their own, actually working their own business, right? It's Sandy a, Frank bought, th- bought them a clothing bought store. Bought them a clothing store and they're now... Have or or loaned them the money or something. Yeah, they now have their own successful fashion boutique and they're with their own homemade designs and they're helping out... Uh, these women, it's really, it's really nice. It's yeah, nice so they're doing it. what they what they love and hopefully making a profit at it. And yeah, they they sold something and one of them's like, "Oh, have a Romy and Michelle day." Could you imagine using your your name as a as, as an adjective? Um, but and Heather's trying on one of their dresses, and you know she's kind of she does. Yeah, she feels she feels super weird about it. It, it. She she looks okay, but it's not really her. St- it's not really her style, but she looks fine in it. Yeah, and it is it is it pineapples? Yeah, it's something like that. I think it's pineapples. It's some kind of fruit. I thought it was pineapples, but yeah, it's a it's a nice it's a nice ending. I like I like I like how sweet it was. Yeah, it really kind of warm my heart. Yeah, you know Michelle's trying to tell her how how cute she looks in the dress, and then Heather's just like this dress exacerbates the genetic betrayal that is my legacy, and Miss Michelle's just like, uh, okay, I don't even know what you're talking about because of those words, those words, but you know, <laughs> she's like, and then you know Heather's just like, okay, fine, you know, charge it, and Michelle's like, okay, give me the tag and go take it off, and then it's um. <clears throat> It's funny because, you know, then Michelle's just like, I feel like I've given birth to a baby girl, but it's like a giant baby girl who smokes and says shit a lot. This <laughs> is hilarious. It's a hilarious thing. And yeah, and then Ruby's just like, well, let's fold scarves. And Michelle's like, okay. And, and then, you know, they're just like, oh, you're the funnest person I know. And Michelle's just like, me too, but with you. So they're just Aww. happily folding scarves and, you know, best friends again. And, it's and they a just ever- get each other and, yeah. It's a happily ever after. It's a nice uh, best friends movie. It's really wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. What were you, what were your your thoughts about the film overall, my sweet? I loved it. Yeah, I really liked, liked it. it a lot. I'm glad we have it on DVD. I think I, it's a wonderful. I'm glad throwback. it made up for the first wife. I don't don't. It's it's not. A, I was making it out to be worse than it is. First wife's club is fine. I just I I. It's just not. Doesn't have the rewatchability as the second. No. One. I really love this second one. Anyway, all right. So our last final segment is um, notes without context. Here we go. All right, here we go. Venice Beach. Pretty woman, really happy with what they let her shop. Great throwing up in public talk at the club. Shitting me. Oh, Janine, put this cat. Uh, put this out, Sandy. Frank, I did not deserve a tra- a tragedy like you will uh, like you will have the level 
guess. This is sweet. He's dead. Isn't that funny? Ooh, pretty, uh, pretty. More high school horseshit. I love the magic man. M magnets on the, magnets on the locks. Are we surprised by the relationship? The scones a bit over the peacock? Blow them all up. That funeral hair? Oh, singled out. VH1. Jesus. 16 pounds with the shithead. Gonna, what I'm gonna go get. Close and say I'm coming okay. Then it's genius special time. It, some endangered love. Alan Cumming looks super veiny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? None of this is horrendous. All of this is cringe. 90s... Ch uh, this is 90s chick cinema at its finest. I got a... Plumpy plumber to do my baby work. Looks like monkeys. <laughs> I know the fonda for giving. I am Shinzo, god of war. That's not true. Uh, idiots, everything awful. Here it is. You get it. What a surprise movie. I would do all of that shit. Fucking stupid awesome stuff. See, I didn't write as much as I probably could have. Um, this has been Top Notch Nonsense. I've been My Michael, and that's been Miranda. Okay, bye-bye. Toodles. Thank you for listening to Top Notch Nonsense. I am Michael Benson. Just letting you know, to get in touch with us, you can uh, contact me at MJP Comedy on Instagram or at Top Notch Nonsense Pod on TikTok. Or you can email us at topnotchnonsensepod at gmail.com. Now, what's next week? Psychotic Visions, Real and Imagined, The Visitor, and The Ninth Configuration. Oh, no! We'll see you then. Goodbye.